That's in the danger area. It's an equaliser. Right at the death from Shamrock Rovers. And this time, it is Pico Lopez who scores. It's 2-2. from the East End episode 97 so we're going to review the game from Norway last week I'm Carl Reilly my usual co-host Gary Parsons is on holidays for two weeks so I've asked somebody to step in for this one all the way from Donna Bay it's Lee Barnwell what's the story guys how's it going Lee good great great to be here a little bit quieter than the last time I was here but uh, won't complain minus the 13 lunatics yeah exactly exactly so we're chilling on a Monday evening here, we're both off work today, so happy days. Enjoying the sunshine. And as you mentioned, this is your second time in Johnny Blues, Barney, you were here for that first end of season special, nearly two years ago, could you believe it? It is, me, me band must be up. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wild night, what can I say? Oh, that was some night. It was deadly, yeah, it really was, yeah, good fun, and then the inevitable two-day bender that proceeded was fun <laughs> as well, you know yourself. Is that because you went there with Kenny B and Forky yeah, and all these madmen? Yeah, mad men? I ended up in the in the forge and everything, which was an experience in itself. Mad little boozer, but um, I don't know, it'll be great crack. I have to say, it was a good only. Seem to recall something involving a stable gun. Oh but, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There was yeah. I ended up naked. What the listeners don't realize is I'm actually naked now. Yeah, po- po- Sta- standard Barney, standard. <laughs> That's what Gary Parsons doesn't bring to the show. Nudity. <laughs> you just bring shit hair. That's about it. <laughs> Oh, slagging the quiff. <laughs> controversial. So I may have asked this already on that show, but sure, I'll do it again anyway. How did you get into following Rovers? Um, yeah, my dad. My dad's, my dad's a Rovers fanatic, as everyone knows, you know. Um, my dad's gone to Rovers since the 70s, and um, he started bringing myself and my brother in the ooh, late 90s, early 2000s, when we were playing in um, the Martin Stadium. He'd stopped going for a good while because he, uh, he'd moved out to Donabate and Rovers were playing. He didn't stop going and protest at Milltown or anything like that. It was actually, um, Rovers were playing on a sun- on Sundays and there was no mm. Sunday service. He wasn't driving at the time. So he stopped for a good while. And funny enough, and my brother would kill me for saying this, but he was actually, his mates were starting to bring him to a couple of other League of Ireland teams. I won't name any names, we won't go that far. <laughs> But my dad, alarm bells started to ring and uh, my dad got the finger out and he said, fuck this. He saw a sense. He saw a sense. He said, he's a lifelong Rovers fan. He wasn't going to let any of his kids support anyone else. So he brought us to the Martin Stadium and um, literally from from the first game he brought us, um, we just started going everywhere. We went from not going to any games to going everywhere. Um, my dad, we drove us up down the country. Um, brilliant, brilliant times. Up until, see, we were a bit young to, to drink ourselves then. But when we were old enough to start having a gaggle on, on the supporters club buses then, 
he stopped driving and uh, we just started going on the buses everywhere and we, we tried to get everywhere we can, you know. So It's you, a way of life, very much a way of life. Were you going to Martin from the start, like about 1999, 2000? Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Like, I mean, it's funny, when I started going, it must have been the worst time for Rovers fans. It was, like, looking back now, it was it was soulless in comparison That's to... That's the word everyone uses, soulless. It was soulless. I mean, I don't know if we were even scraping a thousand fans there. We probably weren't. Um, At least you were north side as well. Imagine the south side was having to make that I know. trip. No, it was handy for me from Donna Bay. We were 15 minutes up the road. But I didn't know any different. And uh, I, I actually loved it. I loved going to the, to the Martin Stadium to see Rovers because I didn't know any different. And also... Um, Whenever we played bowls or pats or anyone, it was just the same as it is kind of now, or it was even better, you know. Uh, so it was just like the home matches were shit, but the away matches around Dublin and the away matches around the country were brilliant. So Rovers' experience was still good in, in them cases, but definitely not at home. The Martin was dreadful, you know. Your dad follows Newcastle as well, doesn't he? He is, yeah, he's a big town fan. He still goes over a couple of times a year and um he's brought us yeah, he started he brought us over there a good bit as as kids, you know. Um another great football club, I have to say, great, great fans, great city. Um um yeah, it's very very good, you know. Uh so people might remember you from the Ultras Farm, Northside Hoopaholic. Northside Hoopaholic, that was and, me. Uh, That's Oh yeah, that's what I used to do. I left school early and I went to Utreach and I spent my days in Utreach on the Ultras Forum. Yeah, as <laughs> North. So that's how I filled up my days in Utreach. Yeah, as Northside yeah. Hoopaholic. They were good. They were, it was the old form was brilliant though. You know, um, I have to say better than Raw was chat these days and some of the mongos on that. You know, it wasn't until a couple of years uh, after I started following Raw was around 2009, 10 that I realised that was you. Yeah. You were Northside Hoopaholic. Yeah, it's funny. And like, everyone used to, uh, like, I used to I used to call Ray Wayne and Roth. I used to call Maloney the biggest club. It was, you know that way? Mm. It, your 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 name on the forum was nearly your name at games at times. You know that way? So, it's Should funny. me. Prof is like... Prof is stuck. Yeah. my name now. Exactly. Two exactly. people in the whole fan base call me Carol. Seriously, just two yeah. of them. Yeah, well, nobody... Until Facebook, nobody knew my name was Lee either. It was Barney, so there you go. I have a confession to make, uh, Barney. You were a great poster on that forum. I love how level-headed you were. And you, I always, you always made some good points. But sometimes they were just so long. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be honest, there were days where it's like... Just don't have time to be this right now. <laughs> well, uh, and then I'd skip on. <laughs> as I said, I was filling up the youth each day. You know, we started at nine and we finished at yeah. five, four or five. So there you go. Yeah. But, yeah. Bet just a couple of people listening right now and their minds have just been blown. <laughs> Bar- Barney is Northside Hoobahoy. That dude that runs around in his nip yeah. is actually a little, <laughs> just a little bit articulate yeah. as well. You wrote all those essays, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that end of season special you mentioned, I remember I listened back to it once, Bill six months ago I only planned to listen to the first five minutes for some reason when you got and then 40 there. minutes later I was still yeah, there well, laughing my arse off at yeah. you and Kenny B <laughs> just chiming in with his comments like, <laughs> oh I think I had a yeah. sneaky nagging of vodka and all that night. nobody <laughs> even noticed so yeah it was, no, it was no holds barred wasn't it it was very good no I have to say so we're doing this thing each week now where we play back old clips from the podcast and eventually we will we'll vote on what what we reckon is our best ever moment. So last week we played James Cook versus Dunster, that whole debate about whether or not you should cross the the picket line in Milltown. Oh yeah. And uh, 
when I went looking for it, actually, I was in tears laughing because obviously that was a serious subject. But just before that, if you recall, uh, Jason McLean <laughs> for the Pogues whiskey, <laughs> he was still there. <laughs> and uh, James was all serious. He was trying to compare what it was like losing Milltown. And the word he ended up using was... Uh, it was like it's like a bereavement. It, just, it really was. It was like a bereavement. But then Jason just would keep coming in about five or six times. No, no, no. It was it was like a divorce. And then a minute will pass me back again. I was like, no, no, no. It, it was like a divorce. It was like a divorce. The, well, the way he yeah. the way he ended up, it was like a fucking bereavement at the end of the night because he was withering away slowly, wasn't he? Oh yeah, the the decline of Jason. That was a sight. So uh, I think you'll agree this is a strong contender, Marnie, for a greatest ever moment from the show. Because this is the one where you were on with a gentleman named Anto. Oh, yeah. I, I actually, when I seen that post about greatest moment, it, that was the first thing that, that flashed yeah. into my mind. Yeah, that was a cracking story, wasn't it? So it was a story about his hijinks at uh, Talca Park. So we're going to play that one first. Or sorry, we're going to play that one. But first, you're going to hear one of my personal favourites, and that is... The meeting of the two Gary Shaws. I think one season they nearly got promoted. Didn't they have Podja Kilduff on loan at one stage? Podja yeah. Gamma, they're Kilduff. Um, Kilduff, definitely. Kilduff yeah. played on loan there, yeah? Maybe both of them, yeah. But uh, yeah, because I played, I'm from Newbridge and they, they played in Newbridge's ground, so I always ventured up. Ah, yeah, sure, why not, yeah. And then uh, I I would follow Man United then if I'm talking across the water, so. <laughs> yeah. Like most of this Robber squad, it seems, they follow Man United. Yeah, there's a few Liverpool fans we try to... Not Webby's a game. big Man U fan. Big Man United fan likes to get in a you know five or six games a year. Yeah, um, he 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 followed them. Uh, yeah. Dylan Boyd loves them. Yeah, Dylan is a Liverpool fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we saw that. We saw him with his scarf and his. I think he had a full kit on going to the Aviva. <laughs> he did these, yeah. <laughs> and uh, did you know, Shazzy? There was another Gary Shaw that played for Rovers he was on the bench here's for a one story. league game here's a story okay, go for go here's a story jump right go there Shaz, you go for it. so I'm in James's hospital right and I've I've uh, gone down I've got the call to go to London I was saying I'm going to London right. to get mm-hmm. the, the mask so I this, I, I was got the call that I was going to London while I was in James's but I was seen in James's right so I've been admitted to hospital I've been told I'm going to London at half two and the hospital tell me I'm being admitted to hospital today and I said I can't I'm going to London right so I said go down to admissions let them know your s- scenario and uh, go go to London do whatever and come back I was like Grant so I went down and fell behind the desk and he was like uh, oh what's your name bloody or he didn't say what's your name he said uh, what yeah what are you looking for I said look the the doctor just told me to speak to yourself about going uh, coming back later on uh, I had to go to London to get a mask fit I'm after breaking my job getting surgery in the morning right and he's kind of looking at me and I was like I was like, I know his face as well. And then a woman walked by and she, she just stuck her head into the little cubicle and said, Gary, I'm going on lunch. And I just said, you're Gary Shaw. And he <laughs> said to me, you're Gary Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> so the Gary was, Shaw that played for Rovers? It was the Gary Shaw. Because I played in the Mill Cup. Is this the one I'm talking about? Oh yeah. my God. Jeez. I played in the Mill Cup with him in 2009. He's just about to mention yeah. that. Yeah, 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 I played in the Mill Cup with him in 2009. And uh, it bothered me that there was two Gary Shaws. <laughs> yeah. And... It was the first time I've seen him since. It was Rovers at the Mill Club. You were yeah, guests, I, I guess, yeah. And it was the first time I see, I've seen him since. Yeah, oh, Jesus. It was, Jesus. it was, it was so weird because when I saw him, I was like, 
The no. world should have just blown up. In my head, I, I just pointed at him and said, "You're Gary Shaw," and he pointed at me and said, "You're Gary Shaw." <laughs> and then did somebody just stick the head and go, "Gary, Gary Shaw's." But uh, yeah, he's. I always get confused with him. That's on a couple of profiles. It, it still caused confusion, yeah, because if you look at your extra time.e profile, it says that it was you who was the unused sub in a league game in 2008. It says you joined the school by ranks at Roberts, which you didn't. No. As you say, you did play in the Mill Cup. Yeah. 2009. So yeah, pretty weird. It oh. was that way, it was insane. <laughs> that was just it was crazy. Right, so uh, we'll move on. We'll go on to, to the three questions. We'll go to Ando first. Three yeah, Ando, Ando. Yeah, we'll talk to Ando. Ando's actually sitting beside us, we're ignoring him the whole time. So Ando, um, give us welcome to the south side. Give us yeah, welcome to the south side. Give us your thoughts on this season. Player of the year, first of all. Yeah. Very enjoyable. Most enjoyable seasons is and then the most negative fucker I know. Yeah. So just Michael O'Neill left. It's the most enjoyable season. Yeah, definitely agree with you. Definitely agree with you. Positivity back to the sporters as a connection yeah. to the fans. Yeah, big we time. don't have we don't have mercenaries in the team. No Kenny mm. Brennan's. No, no Kenny no Brennan's. Brennan's. Nothing like that. We're all back Paris. together. <laughs> and give us back in Europe. We have a good away trip to Europe this season, and we're good away trip to Europe next year. He put the penny bank here. Anyway, that's it. So, uh, give us your player of the year. Who's your player of the year? Ronald Finn, definitely. <laughs> Ronald Finn all day. Ronald Finn. I'll tell you why. When he left us two years ago, I thought he'd gone stale. He hadn't done that, and he yeah, didn't yeah. want to get on the ball. Didn't want to oh, That's a great show, actually. He's he's been been and give us your highlight of the season. Staining the Lancer Senior Cup from Talca Park. So tell us this, this is, shush, 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 nah, we need to hear the story. So tell us what happened. Well, one of the mates is a big Shelbourne fan, he's a big as well. So he went out about half ten on Saturday morning. Right. And went out scooping all day. Rang me about seven o'clock. He had been out scooping all day. Woke up. I thought, trying to get on to watch Shelbourne? No. <laughs> Said okay. every person that was born in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> when there's count to Trump Okay. And then we wander in at say half time. Right, I'll do that. Went in at half time. Got in for free. And at the end of the game, and you, everyone here here knows the Baron Talker Park is a brilliant football bar. Yeah. yeah. There was loads yeah. of yeah. loads yeah. of yeah. Bremen fans in there, yeah. there was loads of new loads of loads of sound. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Lancer Senior Cup comes in because they'd won that a week previously. So everyone, everyone was like getting photographs of that. It was down on the pool table and it was having the talk back, now it's the pool table. And after everyone had that photo, he got quiet and said to himself, no, that's going home with me. 
<laughs> of all the women in the place, you picked a shot. <laughs> Fuck the women. So, there, was, there was a Tesco, one of those long life Tesco bikes. <laughs> so I, I took Tesco bike off the table. Uh, here, I'm putting that. Then let's just say cup off the pool table and I put it under the back. And some lad taps me on the back and he goes to me, What are you doing there? I'm playing a joke with me, mate. Don't tell him. Don't tell him a word. I just, okay, yeah. So I was stuck it under the pool table and about an hour later, my mate comes back, he's after me and sick in the jacks. And I just go, <laughs> I thought, we have to go, we have to go. I'm not feeling well. Okay. So I pulled the bike out from under the pool table. <laughs> I was walking around, the back of the pool table, I had to tap a couple of people in the showers, one of them in, Owen Harry. Owen, sorry. <laughs> Out the door. It brings a new meaning so, to get your bag, you look at your coat, you pull. So for five nights in October, it was that Leicester Cena Cup questions because I'm going to let the side down after that. Yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. Done, he's done. He's done. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I just dropped the mic and he's done. He doesn't need the questions. He's way beyond. He's far beyond any questions. Yeah, absolute classic Bernie, wasn't it? Yeah, fucking gas. Well, that was just the, the, the theme of the night was just hilarious, you know. Very, very good. 97 episodes, can you believe it? No, you're doing well. Fair play. Um... You've just done a great job. I've, I'd love to listen to the first few again just to see <laughs> how far years have came, you know. It's just a pity yeah. that Gar had to leave and I had to come in and replace him, but uh, I couldn't turn down the big money offer you made, you know what I mean, Carl? Well, so. look, this, this isn't temporary. This is, <laughs> this I don't know. is it. Gar is gone. This is a permanent uh, arrangement here. Yeah, I've even negotiated with his folks. Yeah. We're, we're sorted. <laughs> so, as always, like great support from people uh, over in Europe. People mentioned the podcast. Shout out to Les. For getting me and Garrison points. He says he listens to us every week while walking his husky. Uh, Ross Cunningham says he's, he owes me a point for backing Joey O'Brien at 66 to 1 after he was on the podcast, but he'll only get me the point in Tallinn, not in Norway or Cyprus. Well, because of the inflated prices. <laughs> what an arson. That's tight. That's tight. But look, it's, it's money for the football yeah. club, huh? No, this is my joke. It's all much appreciated. So uh, I look forward to that point, Russ. Uh, Mick McCarthy as well. He was with us from our flight to Stockholm and then on to Bergen. He actually had a, a list of top five things he lives for. And the podcast actually made it. It was just below drink. Wow. So that yeah. isn't a compliment. I don't know what is. You don't get higher praise than that. So uh, myself and Gareth, we made the trip over to Bergen. Uh, Barney, you'll be giving us the TV perspective. Uh, I haven't actually seen the game back myself. So you might have to fill me in on a couple of things. Um, I was hoping for a replay in the last few days, but every time I checked the schedule, it just seemed to be that Stiger Waterford game. Yeah, yeah. Which was awful by all accounts. Right, right. So I don't right. know why they keep replaying that one. Yeah. And uh, on the WhatsApp group, we were getting updates from the likes of Gar Brennan, Deco, Tommy Keddy. They were watching the game back home in uh, Tala. I think yeah. they were showing in the Pines as well. So where did you watch? I watched it at home. I watched it in my mobile home. And it was fucking, it was absolutely brilliant. I have to say, 
from the start, it was great. It's what's brilliant about social media is that when you're not actually there, you kind of are there because you're getting all the videos, you're getting all the you know, the posts, etc. The stories are coming through imminent, like straight away. And um, I'll be watching on the telly, but just to see, just to see the crowd of Rovers fans that were over there, it just makes you so proud. And it's it's every year you're blown away. Every year I think uh, we might bring that many away this time. Do you know that way? And I don't, I haven't gone on many trips myself, but even it's still a special time. You know what I mean? Even even from back home in Dublin, it's special when Rovers are playing away in Europe. You know, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we both have something in common, Bernie. Our first ever European trip was White Hart Lane. White Hart Lane. So this was back in 2011. So give us your memories from that. <laughs> I don't have many. I'm only messing. It's, I'll actually never forget it. I'll never forget it. Uh, the Ultras ran two buses. And uh, we started off We, we started off at Tala Stadium. And uh, we had a toilet on the bus, which was, the, you know, you have a long, lot of driving mm-hmm. going on there, a lot of drinking. Which was fantastic. But Very rare these days, unless it, you're on the, the WAC Express and yeah. you're travelling in luxury, but otherwise no toilet. But it was as very predictable. The fucking toilet was broke by the time, but before we got to Dublin Port. So Standard. That was that out the window, <laughs> yeah. And we drank through the night uh, on the boat. Uh, I think I brought 32 cans of Dutch gold with me, and honest to God, I don't think I had any left when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember giving many away either. But we drove all the way to London and um, it was, I think it's a nine-hour nine drive or something from Hollywood. I don't know what it was, but it was long. But it was absolutely brilliant. We buzzed the whole way and when we, it was mad. Uh, when we got to London, it was actually only early afternoon. Do you know that way? So yeah. we'd, we'd basically done an all-night or just getting there. <laughs> and uh, the sun was blazing. There was just Rovers fans. Yeah, everywhere. I remember how warm it was. Ah, like, like, that's it. Uh, like I haven't done any on the continent yet, but I'm, we could have been anywhere with the sun yeah. that, that that day in London, you know. And um, the match itself was just just a surreal experience. Like you know, when you're a, you're a kid and you're growing up, you'd love to see Rovers playing these Premier League stadiums. That's what you wish for the League of Ireland to be. You know that way. Instead mm-hmm. of your shitholes like the Martin Stadium, as I've said. And suddenly Rovers were playing in a stadium in a massive game and there's 35,000 people there, including 4,000 Rovers fans. And you're, you're, there's Premier League stars there. It was surreal. That in itself was surreal. And then suddenly we went 1-0 up. And I'll never forget it. There was there was genuine tears in my eyes when that goal went in that day. It was just unbelievable. Now, as I said, I had about twenty four hours drink in me at the time. <laughs> that could have said that could have been half Might the reason. A, a little bit teary eyed, but uh, you know, moments like that in football, you just never forget. You'll never forget. Incredible. You just it's one of them I was there moments. Like you look back in 20, 30, 40 years, and it will remain one of the just the most magical moments of of following Rovers. You know, it was unbelievable. And then you were just even <laughs> we we had to do the same trip home, <laughs> and it, it just buzzed all the way home just from experience. It like it took a, took days to come down from that. You know, I thought you were going to say you slept the whole way no, after that. No, yes. I didn't. And there was lads looking at me on the ferry home saying, "How the fuck are you still drinking?" But I was. What can I say? Right. I do it well. It almost didn't seem real that goal. It was it, just that's what I mean. It was like a movie or something. Yeah, we kept kind of looking around, you're, like you were looking at your surroundings, you were looking at the stage, you were going, "Like, is this real?" Nearly, you know what I mean? You were pinching yourself because in your wildest fantasies, like I said, growing up, you growing up. That was your wildest fantasies: going to a big club in England in a full stadium and going a goal ahead. That was your wildest, wildest fantasies that you thought would never, ever happen. 
and suddenly it, it was happening and you were living it and it was ah oh, it mm. was fucking brilliant we may never hit those heights again i hope we do but at least that's something that'll never be taken away from us you know it was absolutely brilliant and then you hear and then you're hearing things like Spurs fans after saying rovers were the best away support ever in white hart lane i've seen several yeah. fans saying it on forums chairman you know? wanted to buy our fans it was unreal, and Harry Redknapp uh, uh, saying how good our fans were, and it was just, uh, was brilliant, I have to say. But I, uh, look, who knows? We, we, we could have more nights like that in the future, please God. I think we're going in the right direction, you know? I really do. Yeah, I didn't know many people back then myself, and regrettably, I wasn't on the ones to, you know, uh, Modena and Belgrade. It wasn't one of the selects for you, too, but. Yeah. Well, I've started going in the last couple of years, and. The podcast helps well because the podcast has just introduced me to all these characters in the Rollers yeah. fan base. It's great. And these trips are just brilliant. Yeah, I have to say, it's, I just have to do it. I Look, I've, I've three young kids and we, we go on holidays once a year and I spend an awful lot of money going to see Rollers around the country, you know that way? And, uh, and away, as I said, <laughs> an away trip to Derry could cost me a right few bob because I find myself going on the beer for a day or two after. You saying you're going to get the finger uh, ill next year? I have to do it. Yeah. I have to do it because, like I said, it's it's a buzz sitting at home watching it all, but uh, it's obviously not a fraction of the buzz of the actual trip. I done Portugal in the pre-season uh, that trip, and yeah. that, that and that was fucking brilliant, you know. And there was no even certainly just a pre-season friendly, you know. So. Um, I have to get the finger out, really, really do, and become a part of these trips again, you know. And when you go away, will you be wearing our new uh, pink waist strip? <laughs> you know me, I'll probably be wearing nothing, Ken. <laughs> Fuck's sake. As Gary said, Conor Fowley looking like a big pink marshmallow, <laughs> bopping around Bergen. Uh, the stories were all good, though. All good. So last week, we read out all your European stories, but I did leave out two because they were pretty long. But they were actually probably the best two, so uh, I think I'm going to have to read these out. And the first one was from Ruby Murray. And he said, loads of brilliant memories from brilliant trips. One that sticks out on a personal note is one which many on here will know, but I'll retell it anyway. Arriving back in the hotel with the brother and one or two others around 7 in the morning, two nights after the Juventus game, we went into the breakfast room and took all the eggs and had a bit of a food fight. They kept telling us to go to bed, but we just kept getting the staff to sing and dance with us. But they weren't too obliging. They ended up calling the police who arrived at the hotel about an hour later. Of course, I couldn't leave it at that. And when they were outside, looking up at the balcony, I had a load of eggs, and there was only ever going to be one outcome. The eggs rained down, and the coppers ran up the stairs. We went on our toes and ended up in another room, where we fell asleep, and they found us two hours later. So leading on from that, about a month on, uh, my ma's credit card was hit for €500. Euro. He actually posted the email of this for proof. Uh, so he googled Modena Gangster. And he got some head cases name who had only been released from prison. I contacted the hotel and told him he was a personal friend. And he won't be too happy when I contact him. So needless to say, the money was repaid fairly quickly. Rowers. <laughs> uh, Excellent. And the second was from Nathan Doyle. He says, I think every European trip makes us, uh, gives us some unforgettable stories. And I'd urge anyone on the fence to take the plunge and make that trip. You certainly won't regret it. Uh, Leighton, by the way, interviewed by... Uh, Norwegian journalist on the day of the game and he claimed that he was uh, Eamon de Valera's grandson Paddy de Valera so has anyone checked that out yet? <laughs> look out for that in the newspapers so he had loads of memories he said Stockholm the train journey to the ground the topless away end and Rovers fans paranoia 
and see even U, U, UVF or LVF tops on locals. Although there's one fiend with a Bose jersey on in the home end. The look on the Gardens hooligans when we smashed our way out of the Dubliner pub. They attacked and they were swiftly on their toes with a large helping hand of the Glenmalore number one lads. We just happened to be in another cafe across the street. And then on to Audra in uh, Poland. Won't mention names but obviously drinking 50 cent points in a strab all day. We left to go to a strip club but someone had forgot to fix up the 25 euro bill in the previous boozer. So in came the armed police to, we thought, remove us, but nothing of the sort. Once your man was fixed up, it was all good. And two of the lads decided to join the girls on the stage. I don't think they realised the, the mirror's walls behind them, as they unashamedly, shall we say, gave themselves a helping hand. I was a first-hand witness of the famous shooting incident too. About 30 of us were in the boozer, when one barman drinking for a few hours. When we went to settle the bill... A few local tramps decided that all the drink they drank was on Butler's tab. This was impossible, as he was unconscious for hours in the corner. <laughs> we rightly told him to fuck off and tried to leave. It got a bit hairy with the barman, and a few, few slaps were thrown. The barman then locked the door with all the Hoops fans outside, except myself and Forky. Me trying to be peacemaker, and Forky burned the ears off the locals, oblivious to what was happening. Meanwhile, one of the lads outside could speak the lingo, so he called the cops to sort out the bill, disagreement, and get us out. So the owner, on seeing the cops arrive, decides to turn into Jackie Chan and started showing roundhouses while the other cop drew his gun and fired into the ceiling. We all shot ourselves. Your man got nicked. I forced the door, I forced the door open and poor Fergus McCormack got a kick in the balls as he was the first hoop I saw and he got the rat as I felt aggrieved that I was left alone in the pub. Yeah, we mentioned that story a couple of times, doesn't we? The, 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 the forky one. Uh, Liberich... Uh, these were a horrible bunch with our Union Jacks in the home end. I remember a group of Nazis attacking about 12 of us in the boozer with women, bunch of cowards. Uh, the lads had been in some other pub at the time. One memorable, or should I say unmemorable fact from all these trips was Bottler defying the strict diet that a coliac should stick to and the horrific consequences whenever we went. And finally, Israel, definitely my favourite ever trip, loads of highlights on and off the pitch. The local copper coming down for a straightener as we were singing too loud. On a tour of Jerusalem, chef playing the Muslim call to prayer on a tour bus to a disgruntled Jewish driver. I could go on all day, but there's a few tales to go with the many above Roland Bergen. So, some great stories from uh, Leiden and uh, Ruby Murray. That Shamrock Rovers, it's just a mental club <laughs> full of mental stories and someone needs to put it together. Yeah, Jason Maloney. <laughs> <laughs> I could just the last chapter of Maloney's book, just a collection of this madness. Oh, I'd say the first chapter to the last. I'd say you could fill up a book with that alone, you know. <laughs> so the build up to this game, Bernie. Uh, what were you feeling? Were you feeling quietly confident for the brand game? Yeah, I was, and I'll tell you why. I just think our football, the way look, we're so comfortable in possession with the ball. It, it it at the moment it seems you know that's the way we're playing our football and um, that seems to be the way in Europe if you can keep possession for most of the game you know and um, so I'm 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 be confident against us going up against anyone who's not like a top you know that way a really mm. well known European team so it's a little bit confident you're always a little bit skeptical as well you know it's it's Europe it's it's unknown you don't nobody actually knows how it's going to go do you know that way but I was optimistic I was optimistic yeah. 
And we suspected Jack Byrne would have a very good game, and uh, he did. He did. He was pulling the strings. He gave the ball away a couple of times. We, we, we keep playing it. We play. We were overplaying it at the back a little bit. Uh, you know, I suppose that's the way he wants us to play. And Jack Bourne, he gave the ball away a few at times, but when he when he got into the opposition's half, Jack Bourne was absolutely sensational. He was brilliant, you know, and that's what he brings, uh, especially in in Europe, where you need that guy who can unlock a defence with a pass. He's got it in his locker, you know. He's he's a brilliant footballer. As you say, we don't often know going into these European games. We don't know how strong brand are going to be the bookies don't know either they're kind of guessing because <laughs> our odds drop from about 9 to 1 to 11 to 8 yeah. in the space of a few days yeah so Every, everyone is kind of guessing yeah. and even and even as the game is going on for 10 minutes you're saying these are rubbish we'll be much better than these and then 10 minutes later you're going actually these are all right it'd be great to get a draw here you, you just don't know as the game flows but i think overall looking at it i think we're more than a match them i think we deserve at least a draw and you'd, be, you'd have to be confident uh, on tours tonight that we can go through. Not confident that we can go and win the game, but we can definitely get a nil-nil or a one-one. And because of what happened over there, that'll put us through, like you know. As you said to me before we went on air, you'd be massively disappointed if we conceded two goals at home. Yeah, well, that's it. We've put ourselves in a position now where we'll go through most likely if we don't concede two goals, you know, and. Um, so yeah, it would be an awful shame from where we are at the moment not to go through. But look, that, that's the pressure. That's that's what it's all about, you know. That's where we are as a football club. We want to be going through a round or two in Europe. And we've put ourselves in a good position to do so. So let's yeah. go and finish it off, you know what I mean? As for the home leg, uh, if you remember the guy we interviewed last week, uh, Yert, he guessed that about 50 would come over. But that journalist that I mentioned, he was hanging about the, the uh, Brian Baru pub. He guessed about 300 or so. Everyone's still kind of wondering yeah. how, how exactly how many are going to travel over yeah. these Norwegians. The the funny thing is that um, for them, for the Norwegians, Ireland is actually a, tri- a cheap trip, you know. <laughs> Fucking Temple Bar would be cheap points for them lads, God bless them, you know. So um, I, I, they should bring a load over, why not, like, you know. Okay, Prof, so it's, it's towards the afternoon and it's the day of the game and uh, we're feeling a little bit rough. That was the headgear. Not too bad, not too bad, I'm getting there. So, uh, yeah, it's two o'clock in Bergen, and we are currently in the apartment, and we are recording. First time in a different country, Prof. Uh, yeah, so uh, our flight was at nine on a Wednesday morning to Stockholm, and then we had a 50-minute stopover, which we were worried about first, but we are alright. Got there in the end, and... Some people didn't take the chance. Uh, Kieran McDermott was with us, uh, Russ Common Hoops, and then he ends up having to wait another three, four hours, I think, the Ultras as well. That would have killed me. Oh, I was about the boredom you know we're just going to end up drinking points you know I've said that you were spotted wandering around Dublin Airport at 5am so you had a lot of time to kill yeah I did because I came straight from work so like it was it was a killer it was great for the first hour or so but just got really really like, it was just bored in my mind so I could tell you were tired as well because we were just about to take off from Dublin Airport and then you just suddenly woke up and said have we landed <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so yeah we had the Ultras in front of us there yeah, the boys, they were uh, good lads all in front. Uh, they got the late flight as well, didn't they? They stayed on for the extra six hours. Um, when the plane landed, they lit a flare. Yeah, they clapped. They did the clap. Uh, they said they're off to fight AIK in a forest when we got to <laughs> Stockholm. They, uh, <laughs> there was other people's routes as well. A lot of people stayed in London. Or Luton. Yeah, London, Luton. Uh, people went through Copenhagen, Oslo. A couple of... It was, it was, it's all over the shop, really. It's all over Europe, so it was... Um, 
Yeah, it was the Connollys, Dan Fulham, James Lowe. They all went through Luton on the, on the Tuesday night. One young fella actually attempted to get that Wednesday morning Luton flight with a half-hour stopover. He got it. He got it. He actually got there. It was yeah. like the last-minute job. Like I was sitting with Carol Cairns and and booking Bucket Senior in the uh, in the airport, and they their gate was closed. And they were sitting there drinking points. They were glad the gate's closed. So they they got they got lucky. Um, so we found ourselves in Orlando again, Gareth, for the, for the second year running, and we were swiftly reminded of two things. Number one, how expensive the drink is. Yeah. Poor Ozzy Nay had to use his card. 12 quid for a point. Second thing, how gorgeous the women are. <laughs> because I think like the supermodel market must be so oversaturated that some of them have to work in airport security as well. Yeah, so uh, then we had Stockholm to Bergen and it was on like a small propeller plane, you could say. I think they winded it up before they, they set, put us on it, but it was, a, <laughs> it was like four across, two on each side. And so tiny. Like when you're walking through the, through the aisle, the 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 cabins for the for your luggage is almost touching your neck. Yeah. It's that small. Yeah, so it was handy enough an hour and twenty, and then uh, we landed and very picturesque, wasn't it? Looking yeah. out the window, it was amazing going into Bergen. It's I'd say it doesn't look as great in the rain and and that, but geez, it looked fantastic. It's like a tropical oil in that time. So it was brilliant. Was he now? He was giving us the old uh, geography lesson. Yeah, he was telling us why the hills were rolling and why the other ones were rocky and. <laughs> It, it was it was informative, all right. I was saying ten minutes again at midnight to see how uh, clear you were. <laughs> um, when we arrived, uh, the giant sign saying Bergen? Question mark. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, what else? The town itself is pretty cool. Down by the harbour in the sun was 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 it was a good day. You know, it was um, a really beautiful little spot when when the sun is shining. Anyway, and there was a lot of people out. So I'd say it was like Dublin really when the sun shines. They don't get it. So when they, when, it, when it does shine, everybody's out. Yeah, it rains like 300 days a year, so obviously people are here to enjoy it. And you think you said 500,000 in this city? 400 to 500,000 people in the city, so it's a, the wider, the wider uh, area, so it's definitely a great little town. It's a nice town, like it's very cultured, I suppose you could call it. And uh, obviously came at the right time, 19 degrees yesterday, it might be up to 22 today. It's it's a cracking day, it really is. So we're uh, and the the walk to the apartment, prof. I think we all nearly died on the way up. <laughs> How steep was it at one stage? It was just a disaster. And then we found yeah. a, an easy way. So we went to Hardway Forest and we were up and down this really steep mountain type thing up the top of the hill. Not as straightforward as Google Maps made out. Not a uh, lot of cobblestones and steep, dangerous hills. Poor Connor Foley nearly passed out. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a chance we were doing that with a few do- a few drinks on us. So. Connor Foley's sporting his new haircut. Classic, the head on your man, haircut. Yeah, he's a big, big mutton head, alright. Uh, yeah, so that was the walk to. We, we survived the walk to the apartment. Uh, Brian Brew, Brian Brew. The apartment itself. Ah, uh, uh, we're we're in a penthouse here, prof. It's looking great. There's loads, loads of rooms, loads of space, right in the middle of town. So you, you can't, uh, you can't argue with that. The interior is lovely. The exterior, exterior is like. Kind of ragtag. Yeah, it's like a shanty house, isn't it? It's like yeah. a, uh, something like that. Like the yoke that you you buzz people up with, like it's hanging off the wall. There's cobwebs on it, and all. Yeah, it is in bits of soil. I'll be honest. Um, and yeah. a creepy stairwell, Gar. Creepy stairwell. Yeah, we found a creepy stairwell up to the top of the apartment, and then there was another apartment there as well. So, would you like to say what happened when you went back up the creepy stairwell oh, later yeah, that night, Gar? I was showing, I was showing Ray's son what was going on. Some dude was asleep in the bed. I'm fucking here to leg it. We <laughs> was like, sorry, didn't know. This is the surprise apartment above our apartment. We didn't know you were here. <laughs> you were telling people that we had like an extra apartment. Uh, but it turns out some guy was sleeping there. And 
uh, it was it was funny one of those be there moments. <laughs> so um, Brian Brew pub prof, uh, we're getting a decent deal, six quid a point on uh, Freudland, I think the beers and Carlsberg. So it's going down well. Great night last night, singing the whole place. Like it's it's like Europe is always takes a while to get going. To be honest, isn't it? Mm. Takes a while for people to kind of get into the mood. You're drinking, and then it just kind of kicked off. And then Dundalk, we were watching Dundalk. Um, it's like an annual tradition now. Every Wednesday night, we have to watch Bloody Dundalk on TV. Yeah, um, I thought I thought Riga were a better team. To be honest, I thought they did very well. They took it to the, they took it to them at Oriel, so they were unlucky not to score. The Brian Brew it seemed to like clear out at one point, didn't it? And then after like maybe yeah, eight or nine, they started rocking again. Everybody just went off. And they did a bit, yeah. you know, bit boy to eat. Out for a walk, you know, just explore the city. What did you get to eat? I'm gonna get the rain. I haven't even haven't had a decent meal yet. I'm gonna get uh, the reindeer. You've obviously heard good things. Me and Nate have been uh, talking up this uh, reindeer hot dog. Or as he called it reindeer schlong. Yeah, it was. He was. He was. Everyone was eating the schlong, so it's supposed yeah. to be great. And uh, Norway has strict alcohol laws, as you found, Gar, yeah. when you went outside. Definitely, yeah. I mean, we just went down so just because the sun was shining and we were a little bit in the yeah. shade, so we moved down. We were just told, no, we can't do that. And we were mm. a couple of feet away from the bar, so there's definitely strict ones. And the bar, the owner of the bar was in stress as well. There must yeah. be big fines or something like that. So he looked overwhelmed, didn't he? Yeah, he did, didn't he? He was crack. He he was cracking up. Uh, it was the same in the karaoke bar later that night. If you're inside drinking, it's fine, and you just step out onto the porch, even like on even you, one foot straight on you. Yeah. What do you think of the weak alcohol? Do you think, you think like, I mean, it seemed like we were, nothing was yeah. going on. Like, yeah. just, it must be watered down. If that was Dublin, I'd have been puking my guts out. <laughs> yeah. But it was having very little effect on me. Uh, the Pines Mafia were there, Gar. Yeah. Some Bergen fans, too, there. Uh, bought them some points, apparently. Really? Yeah. I didn't see those. No way. They're in the corner near the door. Ah, oh, were they Bergen fans? I saw them. I saw them guys now. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see it say hello to them. Martin, I didn't know they were Bergen fans. I thought they were just there. Um, Mick McCarthy's last ever Euro- European trip for Pedro. Yeah, he was on the plane with us, wasn't he? You promised to do a song and a dance. Sure, you had the taxi driver dancing at one stage. Yeah, he's something else, isn't he? Um, what else we got? We got the nightclub, nightclub, and the karaoke prof. Did you get on the mic? I didn't. Uh, Dan Fulham and Conor Foley got on. Yeah, it was, it was horrendous. They did uh, Wonderwall or the Rovers rendition of, of Wonderwall. Uh, all in all, all in all, it was a, it was it was a great it was a great night. We, we had like there was no problems at all, so it was it was one of those nights, you know. Went back to our place after it, and uh, we just stayed up drinking cans and having the crack. And but the bigger cans, uh, I think, for two percentage, yeah, two point seven, and the smaller ones were four point seven. So yeah. we're, we're, Hansa is what we were drinking. We threw them in the freezer earlier that day. Like <laughs> some of them were <laughs> blew up, yeah, <laughs> hand grenades. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, all in all, great day, and looking forward to the game now, Prof. Other notes, I suppose. Uh, did you notice James? See the pennant over there by the TV? Yeah, he's... J- James uh, got that pennant as a sort of present for Johnny Blues. And <laughs> the problem was, he, just ke- he kept attracting weirdos. And, like, some Norwegian couple... Some Norwegian couple kept talking to him in the, in the nightclub about it. Just talking to Norwegian as if he was like a brand fan. Yeah. And James is just so polite. He's just like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, of course, yeah, enjoy the game, yeah. <laughs> I don't speak Norwegian. And James is like, please, Carol, this is so weird. <laughs> Get me out here. And uh, what else? Uh, Jake was um, having a good old chat with Ray Wilson yeah. in uh, the Brian Brew. And I swear to God, he shook his hand about 18 times. <laughs> 
in five minutes to the point where me and Dan Fulham started doing the in live betting <laughs> when, when the next handshake would come yeah so uh, all in all I think, I think a good night prof. a good night was had and a good lead up to what's going to happen later on yeah uh, so far so good yeah we mentioned the like the al- alcohol is expensive here yeah. but it's not like Iceland where everything was expensive like I heard one person uh, got a two course meal for 20 euro yeah that's pretty good but then they got a glass of wine and that was 14 euro yeah so it just bumps it up completely isn't it yeah uh, they, they, they hammer down on alcohol to be honest now and like you said with us they were, they were kind of harsh on us as well so we're, we're getting by it though <laughs> yeah so far so good so we, I suppose we already did our starting 11s actually we forgot to do our predictions on the show when I listen back uh, I'm going for a one all draw Mm, I'm gonna say, yeah, I fancy, I fancy one all draw, I fancy a goal, I'm going back to Tala with a decent result. So that's me and Gary's experience of uh, the first day or so in uh, Bergen. We recorded that in about uh, one o'clock on the Thursday afternoon. You can hear Gary's voice. <laughs> I think he only went to bed at about nine a.m. <laughs> and then Connor Foley comes in at nine a.m. Still got, still on the go. He's but, a uh, professional square player. Yeah. This. Jason Maloney on European TV again, Barney. And who does he call a media whore? Absolute European I, I media think, whore. I think Jay's a bit of a media whore. Now, I have yeah. to say, no twenty shiders <laughs> this time. Was he telling them we're a small Barcelona <laughs> again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we mentioned the drink there, six euro a point for the Carlsberg or a local beer. As for the food, uh, young Connor Foley got a two foot kebab. Literally two foot. I didn't didn't witness this myself now, but uh, I was assured that, that that's actually what it was. That's how you get called Barry Bear. Yeah, and I mentioned the reindeer hot dog, uh, or the reindeer schlong, as uh, Ozzy Nay called it. I, I've been asked to give a full review of this, believe it or not. So, by, by popular demand, my review of the reindeer hot dog. Here goes. The first thing you notice about this culinary delight is the sheer size of it, a foot long in length, spooned by a doughy, cloud-like bun. I approach it tentatively, not sure how to to attack. I dive in, an explosion of taste. The meat is alien to the palate, but sends shivers down one spine. A sweet and sour tag team of cranberry sauce and mustard is strange but tasty. Mixing with the oil and grease, surely only wild celebration from a late equaliser could help burn these calories off. I devour the remaining inches while taking mental note of the location in anticipation of a late night rendezvous. There you go. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so, onto the game at last. We drew 2 all at the Brand Stadion. So, our starting lineup: Aaron Green came in for Graham Cummins, and Brazzer went for a 3-5-1-1 formation. Uh, Ethan Boyle at wing-back. Dylan Watts dropped to the bench. Uh, Oki and Sean Boyd not actually registered for Europe. So we won't be seeing them involved at all. So your thoughts on this starting eleven, Bernie? Um, yeah, it was a strange one, wasn't it? If in fact in the first half you could see it was a system that the players weren't used to. You know, we were we were just doing silly little things. Players looked a little bit uncomfortable, certainly at the back. Um, so yeah, I don't, I definitely wouldn't say it worked in the first half. You know, um, but you got them in at half time. Changed a few things and uh, the second half I thought we were brilliant. Um, unfortunately, 
Aaron Green for me it's just oh we'll get to Aaron Green don't worry he's not a striker you know I I, I never saw him as a striker I've so actually you'd have started Cummins in this game then would you I would have yeah I would have yeah. yeah I mean put it this way there was a couple of chances in that game that I would be more than confident Cummins would have put away you know um, but what I feel for Green a little bit because as I keep saying and I've said it all along and I said it when we signed him he's not a striker do not play him as a striker uh, Stephen Kenny I think played him as a striker a few times and he, and he was awful you know uh, in that role in a central role he's a decent winger I actually do think he's a decent winger but he is not a striker he's not an actual finisher and the Aaron Green experiment up top it just has to end now because if Pico hadn't put that ball in the back of the net um, it would have been another what might have been moment. yeah exactly and you know it could have cost us several hundred thousand uh, euros <laughs> and, another, and a trip to Cyprus I know we're not there already but uh, there you go well, we'll come back to Aaron in a moment but uh, let's talk about Ethan Boyle whatever you think of the guy whether you rate him highly or, or don't rate him at all he this was his first start I think since uh, Daily Man Park I think everyone was surprised to see his name he'd only on come off the bench sheet. a few times so yeah. it was very not only that we we started Ethan Boyle but to play a formation that we hadn't played all season yeah yeah we Brazil did play 3-5-2 a few times last year yeah but I don't yeah. think he's diverted from 4-5-1 no, all this year yet he hasn't he hasn't I, I I could see what he was trying to do you could see we all knew what he was trying to do you know not um you know, n- not give away silly goals or, or, or not give away any goals, I suppose. But, of course, it didn't work because we gave away two goals, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't want to see him do it any- again anytime <laughs> soon, to be honest with you. But, look, the second half made up for it. Um, we, we were really good in the second half. and we got, we got a result that I think everybody would have took before kick-off. You know, two away goals is crucial, so... So this, at the centre of this uh, Scandinavian story, Pico Lopez, from hero to villain to hero again. <laughs> yeah. And he broke Twitter as well. Twitter, Twitter was down all over the country after he scored that goal. Is that right? Yeah. I, I like him. He's, um, you know, he, he's, he gives 110%. He has a few brain farts, but look, doesn't everybody, you know, nobody is perfect. Um, One of our most consistent performers this season. Yeah, yeah. He's... Um, He's what I did. He sometimes he just switches off a little bit. I find sometimes a set piece is that, but he's improved on that this season. What he's brilliant, he's brilliant at intercepting uh, play. You know, a, a true baller. Mm. He reads it very, very well, and he's full blooded. And um, you know, he he leads the team from the back there. You know, he drives us on forward, and he's starting to get a few goals, which is brilliant for a cent. You always want a centre half who can score a few goals. You know, because it makes you so much more dangerous at set pieces. He's up to four now. Yeah, well, we'll take that. So, uh, heading into the ground, actually, we got the, the customary police escort to the stadium. Uh, free travel and trams, so that was great. <laughs> Happy days. Uh, going into the ground itself, uh, as you'll hear in the interviews later, we thought it was like a great little compact ground. Although it was 17,000. Yeah, it, it, I thought it was a lovely stadium uh, on the telly, all right, you know. That's that's what mm. the League of Ireland should aspire to, to be at. Um, Tala is getting there. But Talent is the only one, you know, that way. It's um, From the outside, uh, it looked like a bunch of uh, student flats. As you're walking in, like, the, the gate, you wouldn't think you're going into a stadium. Yeah. Like, it was b- behind a bunch of houses. Like the plans for uh, Pat's yeah. new stadium, have you seen that one? <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a strange uh, of a stadium. Although we'll never see yeah. it, I don't think. 
Yeah, no, I love the I love going to these European grounds, and the view was was pretty decent as well from our corner. You had a great view, and we were shooting into our end in the second half, so we had the perfect view of uh, Pico's equaliser. You probably saw us Isn't going it mental. Isn't amazing though all the different football cultures and stadiums and like how many countries have always played in since say Michael O'Neill has came in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and there's fans that have gone to every one of those games. Like, it's pure football, isn't it? It's 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 brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. That's what Europe offers, you know. So we actually started positively, didn't we? I mean, before their goal on twelve minutes, we made a bright start. We did make a bright start. Yeah, all the game was played. It was played in their half for the first ten minutes or so. We looked comfortable on the ball. I was very very happy. And um, in fairness. Their goal was decent. It was it was a good shot, look, you know, and uh, it was a fucking it was a sucker punch. It was really mm. really it was a hard one to take. I have to say, thank God we went up and we we weren't too long equalising, but um, we did start brightly, yeah. Yeah, the ball was the corner. Ball was headed out, and what's his name? Uh, Tanista caught the ball in the body from twenty five yards out. It was it was a screamer. As someone said to me, though, Manus, I absolutely love Alan Manus, but he's getting he's, he's he seems to be conceding a lot of. Screamers, do you know that way? Now, what can you do for some of them? I know a screamer is a screamer, but you know, it'd be nice to see him knock a few of them around the post. Yeah, I mean, until uh, or since Del Piero's goal, that was the only screamer I could think of that got past Alamanis from that sort of range. And now already we've got a few this season. This, the yeah. two Sligo ones and we've got in this. Bowers, in Bowers. Bowers in Montreal as well. No, yeah. in fairness, that was a cracker. It just seems like we're getting, we're conceding a lot of great goals. Um, there's an argument that Manus couldn't do anything for any of them. But there's also an argument that he could have. You know that way. So Anyway, I just thought it was worth noting. So we mentioned uh, Aaron Green. He missed two chances in this game. The first one, uh, again, I'm not seeing this back in TV, so... Hopefully I'm not describing this incorrectly, but I think it was a mix-up in defence. The keeper was in no man's land, and Greener maybe should have put put his foot through it, and he tried to side foot it, and it got blocked. So that was a glorious chance to equalise. Uh, we mentioned Jack Byrne. He had that bit of guile in the centre, as Eamon Dunphy he, likes to yeah, say. Eamon Dunphy would have said guile about yeah. 30 times if he had been uh, pundit <laughs> for that game. He, guile, guile, guile. Yeah. Um, but that's what Jack Bourne brings, and that's what you need in Europe, as I said already. Just mm. that that guy who can just raise it to that class and unlock a defence. And he was his set-piece deliveries, oh, God. Like you pay a lot of money for that, you know what I mean? I know. He's, yeah, he's really, really good. A great asset in Europe. And he, he gives you confidence that you can go on and maybe go on again with a guy like that in midfield, you know? He won the free kick and took it himself, uh, whipped the ball into the near post and Pico basically forced the on goal. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, were yeah. Everyone thought it was Pico's goal. Yeah. i just say another thing about Jack Bourne. There was questions about his attitude before he came in. And even there was questions about his attitude at near, you know, around the start of the season. There was a few performances that... Recently, that guy looks like he's, he's putting absolutely everything into his Rovers career, and you can see when things aren't going our way, he's he's really devastated. You know that way? It's it's, it's like it's affecting him, which is great to see. So, yeah. at the moment, it's ten out of ten for me for Jack Bourne. I really can't say anything too bad about him. He's overplaying a little bit at the back, but that's not his fault. That is the message that's being given to the players because they're all playing around a bit too much at the back. Mm. That's the philosophy. 
what can you do? You hope that maybe one day we'll be good enough to do it, but we're not quite at the moment, and it's a little bit risky. Like that's some will still have nightmares from Danny Mount. Uh, this is what I'm going to say. I think half the reason Bowers keep beating us is because they know we play around at the back like that, and they just keep pressing us like madmen, and that's been that's been our undoing. And um, you know, it could it's a like it's something like that could undo you in Europe if somebody someone else picks it up. Do you know that way? So, well, there we go. What can you do? I'll throw a couple of stats at you. Uh, this is our first ever two-all draw in Europe. Wow. And second of all, I've checked the records. I believe this is the first ever own goal in our favour in a European game. Yeah, well, I wouldn't have known either of them stats. I'm certainly not a stat man. I can't, I can't remember the score from two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm one of them type of fans. But um, You're supposed to say something to the effect of prof with the stats. <laughs> Prof with the stats. That's too late, Brandy. Sorry, <laughs> this, this guest house gig thing is not going to work out. I need, I need positive reinforcement. We get Gareth back. Yeah, he's good as that. So, uh, by the way, on goals uh, against us, there have been a couple. I, I, I found Pat Scully, Jurgard in two thousand two. I found Alan Campbell in Romania, nineteen eighty two. So, thirty six minutes, and this is just classic Rovers. We haven't even finished celebrating the goal. Yeah. And we give away a penalty. Yeah. And I mentioned Pico, hero of the villain to hero again. He, uh, he got nutmegged and took the Norwegian down in the in the area. We've just... I, I've just never seen Rovers do anything simple. Even when you're winning leagues, it's it's, it's on goal difference. Like in my, in my... From what I've seen, we just... It's one step forward, it's two steps back, sometimes it's three steps forward again. You know that way, it's it's never smooth. But look, didn't it make that equaliser in the 95th minute? Yeah, that is true. All the sweeter. So if you get that finish, you won't complain too much. But um, look, it's it's something worth noting. You've got to keep the head, you've got to keep it tight at the back when you score. It's the oldest rule in the book, isn't it? Don't concede quickly after you've scored. Mm. So, Absolutely shot ourselves in the foot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Barisha by the way he scored the penalty he looked probably one of their better players on the night he was a smashing looked penalty handy. there was nothing Manus was going to do about that that's for sure do you know what I noticed actually we looked we looked quite physical I thought, and I didn't think they, they, they didn't like it they didn't like the physical and it, I wouldn't you wouldn't classify Rovers the current team as a a physical team but obviously in Europe we might be a little bit you know the guys like Greg Bulger and Ethan Boyle and Fairness was getting stuck in um, and I didn't think they liked that so more of that, more of that on towards the night please you know did you feel like we were losing too many second balls on the night <sighs> oh I don't know that was a common complaint from the, was the crowd was anyway, it yeah, yeah. Um, no, like, I, I haven't got many complaints about the performance certainly not in the second half the first half yes it, it wasn't great it was <laughs> it was actually a typical League of Ireland game it was like watching you know but it was an open game wasn't it it was it was open and it was, it was there wasn't much free flowing football like I said it was like an old school League of Ireland game you know but um, in the second half as I keep saying we really took control of the game and we really brought it to them and in the end they were lucky you know I know we scored a last minute equaliser but they were lucky enough to get out there with a point you know, so it sets it up lovely on tours that we should take great confidence from the game, um, and it's all to play for. Uh, at this point, how did you find the air sport coverage? Like, what were they saying? How we were playing? Pat Fennan. Pat Fen- I like Fennan as a. I think he's a. He's a, he certainly has Fennan has no bitterness over his time at Rovers. That's for sure, and he is a Rovers man. But he calls it as he sees it as well. He was very complimentary of Jack Bourne. 
and he was in the end like that. See, it was a proper game of two halves, and in the first half, there wasn't too much positive you could be saying about Rovers. You know that way. Yeah. But by the end of the game, there was a lot of positives, and it, that's the way Fanling kind of assessed it as well. And they were very complimentary of Rovers at the end, and they were very complimentary of the support as well, which is great to see. And there was lots of scre- there was lots of shots of the fans, which is mm. brilliant. You know, because like I keep saying it's something to be very proud of, bringing big numbers away like that. You know, nobody else does it. Nobody else does it. Um, no one travels no, away. No like one us. travels away like us. It's 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 it should be written in stone. Nobody travels away like the hoops in this country. You know, one of my favorite one of my favorite songs from the trip. It's it's a well known one. Always brought twenty fans to Belarus. Yeah, yeah. I just love how randomly petty it is. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's well, like deliberately petty. They'll never live it down because Rovers <laughs> wouldn't bring twenty fans to the moon. Do you know what I mean? They'd bring yeah. 100 fans to the moon yeah. to see the Rovers in Europe. Yeah. Or in Europe, in the moon, I should say. So as you said, the fans look great in TV. Were, were the Shamrock fans going wild? Yeah, yeah. It, looked, it was just one of them moments, wasn't it? It looked absolutely brilliant. And you were just wishing you were there. But you look, I was jumping up and down on my couch in the sitting room. So uh, there were scenes in my own gaff. Scenes, scenes everywhere. <laughs> there were scenes in yeah. houses all over Dublin and all over the country, I'd say, you know. So we mentioned uh, two iron green chances. The other one was at two one down, and this one I think it was a Trevor Clark ball across the box. Yeah, yeah. Perf- sat up perfectly for him. Yeah, and he hits a straight of the goalkeeper. I almost feel like if he hit it any other way, yeah. it would have gone in. The commentary team actually thought he was offside, but I was watching it. I didn't think he was offside, so I, I was hit it, you know. And it looked like it looked like one of them where you can't miss, and you you were celebrating before he hit the ball because he he'd known around him, yeah. And he just missed, and he's he's doing it time and time again, and you, you know it's in games, it's in difficult games against good opposition that are, are, could be you know it's costing us like at the end of the day it's costing mm. us it could cost us a league title challenge, it could cost us several hundred thousand euro as I said, and a lovely trip to sunny Cyprus for all the hoops. <laughs> You know, like they're big, they're big chances in big games, and he's continually missing them. And as I, as I've said a few times, I just don't think he's a striker. I think he has his uses as a winger, but he's definitely not a striker. And if you're in a game where you need to score goals, which is every game, let's say, he shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be up top. Mm. So Dan Fulham said, with the confidence he's in, as in his confidence must be quite low because be quite he hasn't low. scored in a while. Yeah. Dan Fulham said, didn't actually blame him for just hitting the target. He, yeah, he probably thought, I don't want to sky this or I don't want to hit it wide because that looks worse. But look, a miss is a miss. Mm. Do you know that way? But he should. your striker should have the confidence in that area to to, uh, to score. It, it, it was almost un, unmissable. I think we're both, we're both fans of Greener. I mean, he works his bollocks off. As yeah, I, this is the thing. He's, 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 he has some good qualities, you know, and he's, he's not had to... Like, <laughs> Apart from not scoring enough, he's not had a bad season. His general play is good. He's holding up the ball well. He is. He's fast. I just think he could get a lot of uses on the wings. And we haven't been our, our strongest on the wings this season either. You know, Trevor mm. Clark has underperformed at times, and um, I just think we could get a lot out of a lot more out of Greener if we played him on the wing. And Cummins is the man now. He's he's the only one that's there. Um, you just got to keep playing him, and hopefully he can get better. I mean, it's only last season he scored. Was it fifteen goals? Was it fifteen league goals for Cork? Fourteen in the league, yeah. Fourteen, which is which is a, it's a decent return, you know. He's a, he's a guy with a lot of experience. He's 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 a good age, but he's not a geriatric. You know what I mean? He's he should have enough to at least give us half a season of 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 um, goals, hopefully. 
What was very noticeable after this missed Aaron Green chance was the reaction from the crowd. Like I looked around and it was kind of it was quiet, but it, the look in everyone's faces and I could almost see their their stomachs turning. What? It was the most negative reaction to a player. Yeah, I've seen in a while because we've been very positive for this team. It's one of them, Bradford. though, isn't it? I know the games are two legs, but you only get one chance. Yeah. You only get one chance of going through. You know that way you you can mess it all up in the first leg, and certainly losing the first leg that could be it gone. You've got hundreds of hoops over there who've spent. You know they've hit the credit union. They've done everything they can to mm. get there, and you've got a just such a good chance to score, mm. and. Um, and, and you don't so you can but see why the moods are torn you know this I mean? was a combination of the it's of the not just that chances one chance and yeah. Stockholm last year let's not yeah forget. yeah yeah it was, it was history repeating itself everybody almost, had wasn't that on their minds yeah it was history repeating moment. itself it was yeah. history repeating itself and that's it it's the game. if it was someone else that missed a chance they might have got over it a little bit quicker you know yeah so our three subs were Cummins Watts and McAniff McAniff making his uh, a welcome return from injury and uh, thank God as well because this justified the fact that we were singing his song for I about heard, twenty times during the game. I heard it. I heard it. It's it's a great song, you know. Yeah, I kind of wish just the common sub was made two minutes earlier, actually, because uh, I wish that chance had fell to him. To be honest. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about the, the goal by Lopez in the ninety fourth minute. So before this was taken, we've been talking to the show the last couple of weeks about how we're not really attacking our set pieces properly I've said that for a long time under yeah. Bradley the set pieces have not been good enough they just haven't and I certainly on Thursday I, like we had the corner but like I really didn't think we were going to score I, no, really, I, was, I, I was thinking the same thing I, was thinking, I, I didn't think for a second we were no going to score no way are we going to score and in the 95 you should have that buzz but I've seen time and time again where we just we just if the opposition keeps it keeps heading the ball out like you know and um, and it went in. <laughs> Pico jumped up and it went in, and it was a brilliant header down into the ground. Great, that's the way great, to head a ball. Very powerful downward header. Yeah, that's what you like to see. Very difficult for the keeper, and um, and the crowd went wild. <laughs> oh, the scenes, as you say, like Jack Jack puts in a good delivery ninety nine percent of the time. Ah, oh, it's Plus that's what I mean for for any striker or centre half who, who who likes to attack a ball. Um, Jack Bourne, you're not going to get a better mm. guy than that to deliver a ball, are you? Plus, I mentioned we rarely get last-minute equalisers or winners. I mean, if you take out the Waterford one on opening day, yeah, how many have there been in the last yeah. year and a half? In comparison to someone like Dundalk, who are doing yeah. it every bloody week, you know. So I mentioned the scenes when this call went in in Bergen. Ozzy uh, Nate broke his sunglasses. The shirts came off. Rob Tarmy took a dive over the bars. Don't know how he survived. And uh, I know you'll feel his pain on that one, Bernie, because uh, you're probably still sore from that fall at Denimon Park. Yeah, I limped in here today. I've been limping around for the last few weeks. I know. I got back up and partied again after that one. Don't worry about that. The good news is, Bernie, they've given Dader uh, an overdue lick of paint. And all it took was the big boys from Chelsea coming to town. Oh, stop. Yeah. Why didn't they get a great result, though, in fairness to them? 14-year-old playing. 40, uh, yeah, that, that was just a headline stealer, wasn't it? Um, you know... Look at us and our youth system, you know that way. But um, yeah. look, fair play to them. What can you say? It was a good day's work for balls. So picture went up with Jack Byrne after the equaliser, doing that with his hands, like basically saying your man had been melting all night. Called him a, a weasel. 
Yeah, they looked like there was a, there was a bit of bite in the game. As I said, I don't think the uh, the Norwegians like their um, our f- the physical side of our game, which is not something we'd be renowned for. But maybe it's just an Irish thing, you know. Maybe we are not the most physical team in Ireland, but we are. We, like I said, in Europe, we're that bit mm. more physical than some some teams. That I didn't think the Norwegians liked it at all. Just you just gave me a memory. Actually, Do you remember in the preseason tour of Portugal, the one that you were on, and afterwards, I think it was the first game. Brazzi was interviewed by a Swedish presenter. Yeah. And she basically asked him, like, is your team too physical? Yeah. It did. <laughs> and we're, in Ireland, we're like a pure football team who we just blend in. But obviously, the Irish game is more physical than we give it credit for, or than we realise. We just take it for granted. In Ireland, you go in for a 50-50 like a madman, and that's just it. <laughs> Trevor you Clark know? style. Yeah, and that's just it. So maybe it just it, it's more obvious when we're playing a European mm. side. You don't like to mix it like that, you know what I mean? One of their players had a mohawk, so uh, one of our fans just shouted, Fuck off, Mr. T! <laughs> Very good. Love these random things. <laughs> so as we say, we're in the driving seat for the second leg. Two away goals. Mm. Massive advantage. It's a massive advantage, yeah. Um, nil-nil puts you through. One-one puts you through. Um, it's it's a must-not-concede-two-goals game. <laughs> That's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. Because we definitely have one goal in us, I think, you know. But they were very They were very bad at the back. Actually, can I? One thing that hasn't been mentioned, actually, and it has to be mentioned, I have never seen a team play the offside trap so well in my life. It was oh, unbelievable. Yeah, we were offside about nine times in the it, first half it hour. It was incredible. I'd never, I'd never seen anything like it. I swear to God. Um, so that's. But apart from their offside trap, they were rubbish at the back. They were really, really bad. They were very shaky. They were Especially very the shaky. Very shaky. So if we can get um, if Cummins is if Cummins starts on um. On Torsi and we get plenty of balls into the box. Um, yeah, there's goals there for us. And look, if we, I think the first goal is everything on Torsi night. First goal is everything, isn't it? Yeah. If if they score it, you're under pressure. You're suddenly under pressure. You know, you're suddenly under major pressure. If we get it, you've got a lot to protect there. You know what I mean? A lot to protect. So um, first goal on Torsi is everything. Shout out to Figure from the Ultras who posted this on Facebook during the game. Pigo is a constant liability. Fed up with it. <laughs> we weren't, weren't going to let you away with that one, Fieker. Sorry, poor Fieker is land based. Uh, he's a good, he's a good lad and a great hoop. But sure, look, we we all let our emotions get the better of us mid game. So uh, lots of drinking and singing after the game. Obviously, we were all all delighted. They chucked us out onto the street with no tram service. So we had to walk all the way back to the bar. Granted, some people were clever enough to know the the bus route about halfway through, and they jumped on. But myself, Gar. Uh, Ozzy Nate and James Lowe and all we actually walked the whole way <laughs> and uh, you never heard a, a town so quiet in all your life like even though there was cars in the road they probably all half them were electric cars really, and yeah. there was no uh, just the people in the streets making no noise just now the environment was quiet and then the town was so picturesque as well and then you guys yeah. arrived <laughs> no well actually we were kind of subdued because we were like fuck's sake have to walk all the way back yeah I granted we were, we were happy so I mean nothing, nothing to be upset about but I don't think the locals knew what was going on when you arrived yeah. did you see that guy uh, on Twitter giving yeah, out about yeah, the, yeah. the 50 year old rowers drunken fans acting aggressively <laughs> I tell you that, that tweet made me very proud that's what European trips are all about Lads getting away from their missus, etc. Going over there and just blowing off steam, you know. I want you to read what Kenny B's reply to that was when he read it. 
I thought this was hilarious. <laughs> I can't remember what this he said. This is Kenny Barrett when he saw that tweet that you just said. He had a bad day at the office. Took a tram home with all you cunts out of the bin. Great praise. Keep up the good work. But that sums it up in one. <laughs> it's definitely not the scene you'd want to walk into after work. But it's definitely yeah. a scene you'd want to be a part of if you're away watching your football team. So Dan Fulham. <laughs> I saw Dan Fulham text that to someone. And just put under... What a club. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, and, yeah. and they're lambasting us on Air Tristy banter page and all. Like as if, you know, we're scum and all this shit. Whereas mm. every Rovers fan just looks at that and goes, yeah, that's what yeah. it's all about. And that's what it is all about. You know, you go away, get pissed, do what you want. You know what I mean? Um, blow off steam yeah. and, and enjoy enjoy being part of something special. Like Kenny said, that, that's one guy's perspective because I'll, be, I'll mention if we were playing some interviews that we did later on and I'll mention that tram, how much I love that, that that like 10, 15 minutes. And uh, I'll just tell you, what I saw was in my carriage or whatever, it yeah. was totally packed yeah. and it was room for about four people max to get on if they were willing to chance their arm. And we went by stop after stop and people would just look at it and say, eh, nope, and decided not to get on. Then three lads decided to get on. They were loving it, taking selfies. We were all singing. Yeah. One girl did get on, and she stood right at the window. No one bothered her, other than the fucking madness of singing and, and all that. But she just laughed to herself the whole time. And she thought it was, it was crazy. That's it. That's that's what I saw. I reckon we can you, chalk Tobias off as just a, a millennial who's offended by absolutely everything. Yeah. Put it this way, I wouldn't like to have a few points with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can you can believe Tobias and the hundreds of Twitter warriors out there if you want, uh, as yeah. to what Shamrock Rovers fans are like. But what's gas as well is uh, like I've seen a few uh, a few pages showing the Rover support and saying how great it was, and just absolutely everybody gets on from every club in the country and absolutely yeah. slaughters Rovers. Not one person says, "Do you know what?" That's a big away following. And it just goes to show, we are hated all over the country, everywhere we go. And what these people don't realise is that we absolutely love that. We thrive <laughs> on it. It makes every goal we score that much sweeter. So keep the hate coming. We absolutely love it. We thrive on it. And and that's it. Here, here, Bernie. Here, here. I mentioned how picturesque it was. Like, we're on the way to walk back. And you just stop. And you're looking at this huge lake and a bridge. And there's this like mountain with a cluster of houses, and it's just unreal. I've seen a few pictures, it's it just looked lovely, yeah. And it made me very depressed for a little while <laughs> because it was nowhere near it. <laughs> at times like these, Bernie, you realize Crumlin and Donabate are not all as cracked up to no, be. No, even though I like them, but uh, <laughs> no, definitely not. Two Pico songs were born one that you'll hear at the start of the show, the other uh, was a good one. It's based on the song, you know, What a Night. Yeah, so yeah. basically like playing in Bergen on a Thursday night Pico scores a goal in injury time very good I won't, I won't, I won't let you hear my pretty singing voice <laughs> I'd say you can hit the high notes Carl <laughs> that thing I mentioned by the way about no one travels like us there's actually a flag with yeah. that written on it yeah. and you just see the garden chair yeah oh and, yeah. Uh, yeah so someone photoshopped Maloney oh I see it yeah <laughs> Do you know what? It's a great flag and it was a great yeah. Photoshop. <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. And uh, speaking of flags, there was one unfortunate um, incident. James Lowe, his flag uh, that says Santry Hoops 1901. Yeah. It was nicked on him on the yeah. way back. Yeah, and, and James, James wouldn't be. Uh, James is a, 
he's a good Rovers fan he wouldn't be involved in any sort of violence sure he wouldn't so it's a shame to see that that happens but look what goes around comes around <laughs> absolutely yeah me and as you know were right beside him as it happened we were just coming towards the Brian Brew pub and it was over in a second like this lad just came out of nowhere ripped the flag out of his hands and he was just gone into the crowd yeah another fella popped up and uh, just sort of shoved James to the ground and it was over so quick so we, we felt kind of bad that it happened James was a bit shook up but yeah, we got yeah. over I mean as we said like James is a great lad yeah he's a nice and fella just, as he says this kind of shit just seems to happen to him for some reason but it's a strange one it seems to be a, a, a theme in Europe uh, a lot of firms over there you know stealing flags I've no problem with stealing flags from opposition firms but like going up to Scarfers you know in, in gangs or whatever and grabbing a flag I mean I don't see the sense of accomplishment in that it just sounds like acting like a prick you know that way yeah. But as I said, look, what goes around comes around. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was trying to cheer James up. I was saying uh, the jokes on them because uh, the wrong year is on it. 1901. <laughs> yeah, they've done us a favour. <laughs> they've done them a favour. Uh, the Rogers actually came up after us to apologise. So there seems to be a bit of a ultras Larry divide there. They they don't really get on with them. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Could be, yeah. Um, I haven't heard anything like that myself now, but, um, well... Sounds like their firm are certainly wankers, so I'm not surprised the ultras <laughs> don't like them. I don't like them either. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll play some interviews now. So you got me, got myself, Gar, and uh, Ozzy Nate. But uh, I also picked out a few people who we kind of haven't spoken to before, the likes of Ray Whedon Sr., Adam Honeyman, Kieran Stafford. Uh, Ray, by the way, delighted to finally meet the legendary... Aussie Nate. He said I made his trip. He didn't even care about the game. He just, I met Aussie Nate, Carl. I met Aussie Nate this season for the first time as well, and he's an absolute hero. And uh, I enjoy his company you now anytime we bump into him. He's a, he's a, he's a character. Right, so it's post match in Bergen. We've got a long walk ahead of us from the stadium to uh, the bar. The 10k walk has been moved this year from uh, Middletown to Bergen. So, go back to the bar first of all, lead up to the game, Carl. Yeah, it got a little bit tasty, didn't it, Prof? We were uh, in the mirror trying to get our second win, struggling from the night before, and then we eventually, a couple of points in us, and then Brand showed up and got ran out of their own city. They got ran out of it, and it was all the old school lads. They rocked up to the bar, thought they were like the bollocks, and they got ran out of it. So the atmosphere was only hopping, and... Uh, couple more points then and then we took over the train again we ran the city for the day straight onto the train train was nearly on fucking it nearly got tippled over and um yeah so what do you think of the train prof probably only highlights of the year every year now this train because <laughs> you get the reactions of like innocent commuters and it wasn't i just saw some old woman her jaw literally dropped as we pulled up <laughs> and uh you can see the people like considering getting on because there's absolutely no room in this tram and if about four young for this did manage to squeeze in and then they're getting selfies now and then one girl squeezed in and she regretted it later <laughs> what'd you make of all this with nice store left here <coughs> excuse me yeah it's good buzz the lead up that's the short and sweet jesus christ <laughs> any more dad <laughs> i'm fucking exhausted man i know what you mean yeah. How are we supposed to drink out of this long walk now? Yeah, oh, I can feel it. Yeah, yeah. Mouth as dry as a wooden tit right now, so it's, uh, I could go anything. So I suppose when we got into the ground then, Gar, it's a really compact stadium, whole 17,000, and uh, lovely ground, isn't it? 
the away end was perfect for the amount of people that we had. It was nice and tight, good atmosphere. Um, no beer, but I mean, the, like we said, alcohol laws are quite strict over here. I was getting onto the train on the way out. I had, I was about to take a sup out of a plastic cup, a beer, a cop just snatched it out of my hand and fucked it on the ground. I was like, okay, <laughs> not allowed to have a drink on the street, but um, yeah, the game itself, great atmosphere, early goals, one thing I was saying, I don't want to concede early, it was a great strike, not much you could do about it, and then we went on, I'm still not sure how it went in, I think I thought Jack struck it and it went through, possibly Pico got it, and then we've gone down as a known goal. Yeah, we're still celebrating the goal. And then, the, then we give away a penalty. I think it was Jack. It was dispatched by there. I think there was a brace for their centre forward. But then, I mean, I thought that we were second to a lot of um, a lot of loose balls. But ultimately, <laughs> the goal came in the, in the 90th minute. Absolute bedlam. And Mr. Tommy fell over the barrier. I think he broke his back, but he's still walking. <laughs> um, what it was, scenes, absolute scenes. Uh, ah, it was nuts. I think Jack Bourne won the match for me. And um, yeah, like overall, they weren't great. They didn't impress me. No one stood out. Maybe the ball he left full, but he was given the freedom of Bergen. So um, yeah, other than that, just a fucking great day. And I'm in bits. <laughs> Some of your friends. What about the team going in? Because a lot of people were surprised that he was go to three five one one. I think it's the first time Brazler has played that this season. Ethan Boyle, wing back, Trevor Clark, other wing back. So it surprised people. How often has Brazler actually changed his style and his formation? He doesn't do it, and then he just throws them in at the deep end. I mean, obviously they've been practicing all week, but to, for him to do that, it was, you could say it was brave, and uh, it worked out in the end. I mean, they didn't dominate. I thought uh, once again Eden Boyle he was okay but I just I, I think he's limited what about the Aaron Green <sighs> another one in Europe Aaron should play him in front of the back four maybe be good um, yeah listen, overall it's a fucking great day great result and are we going to book what was it Cyprus 2-0 to Applewell in the we'll way leg as we speak. he's booking the flights we're going to Cyprus boys I reckon all train probably should have come off when fucking done his ankle you know one last thing, Gar. Cool. Now, this is where you should be allowed to drink. One last thing, Gar. I'm going to now reveal a uh, special co host of the show. I had a couple of guests at the top. Actually, you actually got it in one go. Barney. It's, it's Barney. Yes, <laughs> Barney, fucking Lee Barnwell, absolute madman. So if you listen to this <laughs> now, intelligent madman, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Any messages now for Barney? Keep your clothes on, Johnny Blues, Barney. <laughs> well, you're here with Aussie Nays now, so first of all, your impression of the trip overall? How you got over? The works? Uh, yeah, the usual dramas of the scramble trying to get flights. Um, got that sorted. Got over here late, in the early late afternoon, I suppose, on the Wednesday. Straight into it. Well, I suppose you're on that whole way here, aren't you? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, it's all about the build-up, man. It's a fucking, as I said before, it's a great buzz, you know. The um, it's almost like the match becomes secondary. Yeah. You know, and then. That capped it off. That was a lovely little finish, you know. Went bananas. Cue the bedlam. Had me a uh, fucking shirt off like a madman, waving it around. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah, thinking I was the Hulk or something. So how do you think we played on the night? I reckon we got to get rid of Green, man. I'm sick of hearing people say all this good shit about him. He hasn't put the ball in the net though, does he? Fuck him. Ruthless. Get rid of him. <laughs> so second leg. Think we're gonna do it? Gonna go true? Ah, oh, yeah, for sure. Fucking sick now. I don't know the coin to go to Cyprus. This place drained the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs>
Any final words on uh, Europe 2019, although it's ongoing? Yeah, keep on hooping. <laughs> We're here with Ray Whedon Sr. just after the full-time whistle in Bergen. So, before we actually talk about the game, your trip to Bergen overall, what you make of it, how did you get over here? It's a brilliant city, very well recommended. A um, little bit difficult to get here because we had to go from Oz to uh, Oslo. Stay overnight, about five hours sleep, and Oslo to Bergen this morning, just before the match. It's a little bit tired. Tomorrow is difficult enough. We go from Bergen to Copenhagen, six hours to Copenhagen, and then to Dublin. So it's one of the most difficult places to get to, which you think, in, in, in the European uh, scheme of things. But uh, the result probably made up for it. To talk about the game, how do you think we played and the way it unfolded? I thought we played very poorly. Um, I, I thought we, we, we did very well for the first 10 minutes. Their four shot on goal, they scored. and just seemed to knock the whole confidence out of the whole team. I wasn't sure about the setup. Um, I'm very critical about some of the players. <laughs> I'm not sure I should mention one or two of them, but. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought, thought that we did very well to get a draw. We did very well from where we were. I think we showed them a little bit too much respect. I expect to beat them in Tala. So what about the scenes after the equaliser? Oh, it was fantastic. The scenes after the equaliser are just brilliant. It felt like a win. When you score that late and you, and you either get a point in a match or, or you, you, you get an equaliser like we did today, it just feels like a win. And that puts a whole different gloss on it. Than if if um, we were winning two one and they got an equaliser in the last minute, totally different feeling to it. I think. Uh, um, I hope Tala should be rocking for the for the second leg next Thursday. Please God. Overall, an enjoyable trip. Yeah, away trips are always are always enjoyable. I think because the um, there's a great bond between all the the, the supporters um, and uh, everybody seems to know each other and. I don't do an awful lot of weight trips, I do a lot, most of the European ones now, but um, this is a fantastic, fantastic trip. Great, well done. Okay, we're here with Alan Honeyman, aka Al Hoop. Yeah, on the farm, you might remember him. Or, so, or back in the day, Honeyer. Okay, uh, your immediate reaction to the fantastic moment, that equaliser against. Uh, uh, I was in such euphoria that I actually nearly had a heart attack. Well, it felt like a heart attack. My heart was going so mad that it, it actually felt like the same as Reusser's goal in uh, Tottenham, in the Tottenham game. It was felt like that reaction and that mad euphoria. It's funny, I actually had the same thought, that it was, had the same reaction. So compared to other European trips, uh, I think you live abroad, don't you? But you always try to make these European trips. So what would be other holidays and how would you rank this one? Well, for, for the actual feeling of the goal, it has to be the same as Tottenham, but as a trip and hole, you know, sort of similar to Modena, because you got that euphoria of the actual result, and that was just like a once-off, once-in-a-lifetime thing to be playing Juventus in, in Italy, and the lashings around, so that, that was a trip in itself that, I mean, you'd never forget, and this is probably going to be a trip that I won't forget either. What did you think of the town of Bergen in general, and how did you make it over? This is absolute madness, this place. I just thought it was going to be like a village and it's like a massive city and everything is so picturesque. <laughs> it's like, 
where the hell am I? Am I actually in Norway or am I on a film set or something? But uh, my trip began on Saturday night. I went to Prague for two days, then went to Stockholm for a day, came here for two or three days, and then back through Vienna, and then 11 o'clock Sunday morning back in Malaga. So you've lived in Spain for nearly 20 years, I believe? Yeah, 19 years at the minute, yeah. But you obviously keep in touch with the hoops as much as you can? Yeah, I mean, track everything that I can. If there's live games on, I'll watch it. Or if there's not a live game on, on like, uh, betting sites like Bet365, they've got, like, this small screen that you can watch. And I do that most Friday nights that I can. So the game itself... Do you think we played well? Did we deserve at least a draw? Obviously Aaron Green missed an incredible chance to win the game. I'll be honest, I think we actually deserved more more than what we got, but we didn't play to our full potential. That's the only thing. So to come away with a 2-2 draw, not playing to your full potential, is a great result, to be honest. Would you be confident in that of going through? If the, if the lads keep their heads in the first 15-20 minutes, then yeah, I think they can push on get at least a goal, I'd say. We're Kieran Stafford here at the Brian Burrell, so give us your immediate reaction to that incredible moment, that equaliser. Unbelievable. I mean, that's what we all do at the end of the day. Um, just that ecstatic feeling when I got in. It's unbelievable. Now, in an awful game, it was an absolutely atrocious game. I was actually coming away from disappointed because they were a bad side. Like, normally on, when we go on these trips, I always kind of, when you look back and there's always one or two players going to say, oh, he, he's a really good footballer, but they hadn't got one player that stood out for me all night. And I thought we were actually fairly sloppy. I mean, to score and then to concede, so soon after that, but, and then Green, I missed that chance, but, deserve, we did, certainly deserved something out of the game, and fuck it, like, you have to go back and, it's, it's, you know, we have to be looking at going through next week. It's as simple as. How do you feel about going into the game against Tata? At nil, like at nil nil, would take us through. How do we approach the game? Look, at the end of the day, if it said to anyone, you know, we are going to score two away goals, you'd have hundred percent taken it. Probably look at the, at the end again. You know, we're only beaten by a cracker and, and a penalty. Keep trying, don't they? They do they're gonna stop very persistent with the two are trading. We were interrupted there by another attempted invasion by uh, brand fans. They're very persistent. Uh, they're so good at it. The whole two are trading, they keep doing it. They're very good at it. So tell us about your trip in general, uh, Kieran. How did you get over and how did you find the city of Bergen? Uh, I did Luton on Tuesday night, flew off my dad, Mona, and then stayed Luton Tuesday night. Um, flew over here early enough yesterday morning. Uh, very picturesque in fairness coming in, couldn't get over how nice the scenery was coming in now. Obviously, bear in mind, haven't seen much of it since, but it's kind of the, the usual Rovers way they we just stick in the one public. But hey, like th these occasions, I mean, I've done the last what this is my seventh European trip now, and like they're always something that like play crack with a great group of people, like can't be it. But never, I'd never. Anyone who ever has any, you know, deliberation about going on these trips, they're missing out big time because we have some crack every single time we go. We've some crack. 
Uh, one person I regret not interviewing actually was uh, Shane Nolan because his laugh was the highlight for everybody. He just uh, has yeah. this sort of cackle. Yeah, Shane's a hero. Yeah, a very and, funny uh, man. Shane, the man who gets away with exposing his arse at European stadiums because he looks a bit <laughs> like Pat Camarden. <laughs> I heard that one before, yeah. Uh, look, it's Rovers again. It's just, uh, it's just a conveyor belt of characters, isn't it? And uh, it's great the way everyone comes together on the away trips at home and abroad. And that's it. Uh, the madness ensues. So you probably heard the story yourself, Barney, about seven or eight <laughs> invasions of the Brian Brew pub. We had this constant police presence around us and then you just see these lads in red would just pop up around the corner the first fight I actually didn't see it myself but uh, uh, the old guard shall we say yeah. back in action defending on defending us on our old turf which is great to see once again them lads have proved themselves and uh, they came back uh, came back. There. but that's what it's all about uh, sticking together when it comes mm. on top because you never know what's going to happen you know um, them, them, them brand lads could have started smacking scarfers or normal fans and it could have got really nasty so it's great to see Robert stick together and as you said the old guard come, coming out of retirement so <laughs> to speak and sorting it out and um, that's brilliant I have to say Everyone getting involved. I'm surprised the lad from the Norwegian pop-up embassy didn't get stuck in himself. <laughs> that's that's what it'll do to you away from home with plenty of gargle, you know? Yeah, hashtag Bergen bogies. <laughs> one of the coppers, by the way, uh, apparently one of ours uh, hit one of them and then the copper goes, right, you can have that one, but but that's it. No more. <laughs> they sound like great. We should get them over for rovers and bows. I like them police officers. I like the sound of them. Yeah, but that's all I say about about that uh, shenanigans because uh, what happens on tour stays on tour. So the attendance was four thousand seven hundred, about a hundred and fifty from us. Yeah, and to be honest with you, looking at it on the telly, I would have thought there was a lot more than that at the game. You know, um, but I suppose the camera was shown to probably the one stand that was full. You know that way, and the rest of the ground probably wasn't. But. Um, Yes, yeah, so, I mean, we'd like to think that we can get more than that on Thursday night, wouldn't you? Big, big game. You'd hope at least 5,000. Uh, yeah, for for a big game like that, you want the minimum 5,000. There's enough room to accommodate 8,000. Um, we'll wait and see, but um, yeah, I, I'm expecting a big crowd. Actually, um, I have 12, 12 of my own lads going over from Donabate, which is big numbers for us. Like We usually get we usually get a full car or another time you get two cars. But it looks like we could end up filling three cars on Thursday night. So goes to show. Them lads mm. are interested. They'd be part-time hoops, some of them, you know. Good stuff. And, um, but that's that's where the part-time hoops comes out. And look, there's no harm in that. That's how you get your big gates. That's just the way it is in this country. Not everyone goes to every game. So um, if you can get them out for the big games, get them out. And like every other game, you should just bring a friend, do your own bit, get a, get a bit of big attendance there, you know. So their home crowd, or a little over 4,000, was it perhaps presumptuous from them that we were going to be a walkover? Or is it this weird thing where, for some reason, Bran and maybe some of these Scandinavian clubs don't get, not that interested in the European thing, in the early rounds? Yeah, yeah, there, there are a couple of things that popped into my head as well, all right, and that's that will be your only worry as well on on next Thursday is that did they underestimate us did they think we weren't going to be what we are you know and are we going to see a different brand on Thursday that's just a little bit more motivated and a little bit more expectant of what our game is you know so that would be that is a worry for Thursday but hopefully not because um, it's unprofessional on their part if it did take us um, lightly 
So coming home from the airport in uh, Oslo, we were all watching clips on our, on our phone from, from Air Sport. And uh, you'd just be there eating a meal and you just hear it behind you in the distance. It's like, oh, it's the equaliser. Like people, everywhere, hoops everywhere just watching yeah. the clips. It's one you'd watch. Yeah. Oh, I've actually watched it loads. It keeps popping up on my Facebook news feed and it would be just rude to scroll up without watching it. So I keep watching Absolutely. it. Absolutely, rude not to. Yeah. The Pines Mafia somehow secured the extra leg room on the flight. We, we noticed, lads. We, we noticed. <laughs> Tactics. And uh, obviously it'd be easy to get ahead of ourselves, but I don't think nobody's saying the job is done. Certainly not over yet. No. This team is still dangerous. Great result. Great trip. Absolutely great trip. But only half time, as they say. It is. It is. And, and like I said, you could get a brand. Brand could turn up like men possessed and you could be two down in the... Uh, in the opening 20 minutes, Touchwood, that is not going to happen. But only a fool would say the tie is over now, you know. And um, But I, I don't think we're the type of team that believes that. Um, everyone knows European football is very, very difficult. And any sort of a result, is you have to work very hard to get it. So um, I'm expecting Rovers to be on our game, fully motivated towards the night. And the fans as well. I think to be a big crowd, a great atmosphere. And hopefully we come out of the traps fast. So, so other results... In the Europa League, Cork City lost 2-0 at home to Progress Niederkorn. Nieder the wheels have come off there big time, haven't they? <laughs> also blazed the penal over the bar. Who missed that one? I can't remember who took that penalty. Oh, but sure. uh, pretty much effectively over, I would say, there for Cork. Absolutely. Along with their, their season is over. Their, their run at the top is over. You know, <laughs> it's It's been an awful season for Cork. But um, that's, that's football. You, know? you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Same result for Pats, lost 2-0 home to Nork Hopping. And the uh, chant of the week has to go to the Nork Hopping fans. You're just a shit Shamrock Rovers. I love that one. They've done their homework. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, do you know what I laugh at as well? Uh, you know, you see people in work and oh, we the Dundalk game on. And uh, they, they can't believe that I'm cheering for the opposition. You know what <laughs> I mean? They just don't get it, some people. You know, it's, it's football is dog eat dog. And it's all about your club being the top club. End the story. Fuck everybody else. Do you know what I'm saying? So, um, oh, I would never cheer on another League of Ireland club in Europe. Never. Brandon Mille, by the way, has signed for a Saturday side, St. Mark's. So, the decline of this man. It's been a far, it's been a far from grace, hasn't it? I have to say, honestly, at one time I thought Brando he had the potential to be the best player in the league. He had pace. He could dribble. Um, he could pick a pass his finishing he was the best He's been, he actually still to this day is the best finisher we've had since Gary Twig 100% definitely and the, the, he hit double figures didn't he one season and um, I think did he get young player of the year as well was he league he did, was yeah. he league one young, young player of the year he won the, won the young player of the year award uh, he got 11 goals one season I think that was that his was first it, yeah. year yeah that's what I'm saying and it's, he was yeah. only 20 or 21 at that time he had the same impact as Richie Tell yeah except yeah. that obviously Richie Tell drove yeah. Dundalk to a league title but yeah. he was as good as yeah. Tell yeah the, the, there was no signal for Brandon Miller he, I thought he was going to go to England and make a lot of money and um, obviously the motivation just wasn't there some lads some lads just can't keep themselves motivated and it's unfortunate to see because um it's just it's just another sad League of Ireland story, you know. But there's plenty of them. Funny enough, St. Mark's play in the same league as the Ivy. 
And uh, because Pat Tuhi always says so and so wouldn't I've get a game for the one. Ivy. Yeah, that's always his measuring stick. <laughs> I, I know. I've heard that one a few times now. Yeah, it's a good one. I think Harry Kenny could still do a good job of Pats eventually. I think his problem was he signed too many Rovers castoffs. But hasn't every Pats manager done that? Hasn't it just seems to happen a lot, doesn't it? I suppose Rovers seem to go through an awful lot of players, a serious amount of players, don't we? And Pats just seem to be like a Rovers B team um, for years now, you know? But I think, yeah, they need to do his own thing, you know? Uh, Dundalk drew 0 0 home to Riga. We were kind of at half an eye in the game uh, in the bar, in the Brian Brew bar. Would you fancy him to get through on the second leg? Riga. No, Dundalk. <laughs> I'm hoping Riga it's all about Riga for me I couldn't give a fuck about Dundalk you came in um, a Riga scarf and all I don't know where you got that from um, yeah I, I, I watched the game you know I watched, I watched the first leg um, it wasn't a great game Dundalk didn't look great they didn't get their home win but again it's a bit like our game on um, on Thursday the first goal is huge <clears throat> especially because Riga have no away goals you know so um, and the dogs have been strong away from home, and in they Europe. they have been. But I will say another thing. I was talking about Rovers. I was optimistic about Rovers being good in Europe because we're such a, a possession team and fluid with our passing, and that's the way Dundalk always were. But they're not this year. Dundalk have became more of a kind, of, a bit more efficient. You know, they're not playing the lovely football. It's because Kenny is obviously not there, so they might not be the same outfit away from home um, because they can't, they're not playing the possession game that they played under Kenny. So we wait and see, but um, I'll be certainly rooting for Riga, and I hope Dundalk get dumped on their arse. So, as you mentioned, Cyprus is our likely destination, should we get through on Thursday. How uh, glorious would that be? Apollon, uh, Limassol, they won 2-0 away in their first leg in Lithuania. So, they're our likely opponents. Uh, we drew Harps at home in the FBI Cup first round. Uh, that's how we played on August the 9th at 8pm at Tata Stadium so we might be in the cup for more than a week this year Bernie yeah please God we've, we've play, we seem to be playing harps a lot this season don't we um, so yeah it's we and we keep beating them as well we've had a few good results and a couple of good trips up there so yeah fingers crossed that uh, that, um, that that what would you say cup number 25 we just can't get there so Hopefully this is our year. We don't want to talk too much about it. You know, there's enough pressure put on it and it's eluded us for so long. But let's wait and see. As you said, we played Harps three times this year, but in the Cubs, we almost never seem to draw them. I think it's the first time since 2001 or two we, we won 3-0 out there at Buddy Buffet. So never draw Harps in the Cup or League Cup or anything. So this is rare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon Cavanagh was involved with Ireland in the under 19s European Championships. Did you get a result there? No, I heard they were playing absolutely shite. Um, but look, Brandon Cavanagh is a great young player. He's got a bright future, and let's hope he can he can keep himself motivated. Uh, James Furlong's move to Brighton was confirmed. He obviously played that one league game for us this year. Yeah. He made his debut at Oriel Park. <laughs> Baptism yeah. of fire, you could say. Yeah, uh, that's the only thing. Like, I mean, it's great to see the youth system and that, but when you don't actually get to see the players you're looking forward to see, I mean, Aaron Bodger is another case. You were hoping you could see one or two full seasons of him playing because he looks such a good player. Four long again, played less games, obviously. Um, but look, wish him all the best. And um, that's the nature of the game. You're not, Some of them you're just not going to see because they're too good, potentially. 
Speaking of which, uh, well done to Gavin Bazzuno because he's been included in Man City's first team yeah. for their pre-season tour. Obviously, Ederson's out injured, so that had something to do with it. But still a fantastic achievement. He's amongst three keepers on the trip himself, Bravo and Grimshaw. What an experience for the chap. No matter what happens in his career, he's going abroad with absolute superstars and one of the best managers of all time. I mean, like you said, no matter what happens from here, Stuff he's, of dreams. It's the stuff of dreams. I'm fair play to him because he's he's a good kid and um, he 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 done a couple of decent jobs for Rovers. In fairness, when he did step in for such a young man, so we wish him all the best. Uh, random note, actually, you turned on the telly last week. I think this might have been on the day of the brand game, and you saw one of our own interviewing some celebrities. Can you remind me of this? Oh yes, I did actually. I was I was in work and I had to tell you was on in work and it was John Bourne was um interviewing was it Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> and uh, the guy in Donnie Darko, I can't think of his name, yeah, yeah. I was surprised to see him. Do you know what though? John is a natural. He's a natural, he was very good. Was this for Spider Man or something? Yeah, yeah, the new Spider Man film. That was it, yeah. I, I knew he worked for I knew he worked in RTE, alright, yeah. I just yeah. never seen him on the telly interviewing, but as I said, he's he's a good speaker, he's a natural and it was uh, yeah, it was funny to see. Alright, shout out to John. So now we're gonna do our starting elevens and predictions. <laughs> So I'm going to totally hand this one over to you, as is tradition now, when we have a guest in Johnny Blues. Give us your starting eleven and what score you think it'll be. Right, so, no surprise, we're Madison goal. Um, very, very solid keeper. It's great to have him back at the football club. Joey O'Brien right back, and he's possibly player of the season. He's just a tremendous professional, and it's great to see him clear of his injuries. Touch wood. Grayson Pico. No complaints there. A very, very good partnership. The big one for me will be left back. I just Clark looks susceptible there. He's he's had a few poor performances here. There's a lot riding on this game as we keep saying. Um so I wouldn't play Clark. And I would play Cabinet there because he's he look he's all the experience in the world, even though he's a young man himself. You were mulling over that one, weren't you? Because he's so good in midfield. Yeah, because look, wouldn't it be great if you had two Cavanaghs? Because he's he's fantastic. He's brilliant at left back. He's brilliant left wing. He's brilliant in centre mid, and he's really stepped up. Um, so yeah, I went for Cavanagh just just to keep it safe. And I mean, if you've got Joey O'Brien and you've got Cavanagh, uh, Grace and Pico and Manus. I mean, it's a it's a really really strong back five. In midfield, Greg Bolger, he's having a terrific season. Get him in there. He's 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 just leading by example. He's been fantastic. Um I would bring McInniff back in. He was having a great season up until um up until his injury. Some might say he mightn't be match fit, but I'd throw him in there. He's got a he can score a good goal as well, so why not? Captain Ronan Finn is in there. He's been brilliant since he came back to the football club as well. He really, really drives the team forward. No complaints there. I think Finn, I heard Finn signed a new contract recently as well. Really? Yeah, well, I hope it's true. Anyway, because I think he was initially on a three-year deal. Yeah, he? and I mean, he's not a young man either anymore, but he's got the legs of a young man, that's for sure. He's better fucking legs than me. Um, Jack Bourne. Jack Bourne, possibly our best player over in um, over in Norway. He's brilliant, crucial in a European game, as I said earlier. So Jack Bourne in there, and I would actually play Clark. He's very very fast, and as I said, uh, Brown keep playing that offside trap, but they have to be lucky every time. 
playing that and we only have to be lucky once and Clark's pace is, is brilliant as we know the only so, counter argument I'd make is that Clark is more suited to run from the le- left back position he seems to be more effective that way yeah yeah his runs from deep have, have been brilliant although this season he hasn't been he hasn't been even even doing that I just I just haven't been haven't been too impressed with Clark and there's look there's a strong argument you could play Watts there but I, look, I don't like playing the you know the five six midfielder system do you know that way so um, I would throw Clark in he is a winger he can get in behind and he can get balls into the box for my man Cummins who comes in for Graham as well <laughs> Um, let's just pray that if Cummins gets a chance as good as, as Green got, he scores because if he doesn't, we might as well give up now. I only had one difference to your team, actually. I, I would have started Green on the left instead of Trevor Clark. Yeah. I agree yeah. with you on Sean Cabinet going left back. Yeah, and I and I was I was actually banging on about Green being a um being being a good left midfielder. Um so oh, look, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't argue against it. Clark or Green, I just give Clark the edge. At the moment, Green's confidence may not be great after last Thursday. So, but either or, I would be happy enough. I have a sneaky feeling we're going to have the same score prediction as well. So, give us yours. One all. That's mine. Is it? Really? I told you. I told you. <laughs> because you can't see us keeping a clean yeah. sheet. And I can't see us not scoring. And one all is enough to get us through. It'll be one all. It'll be nerve wracking. But who cares? Just get through the toy. I don't care if it's ugly. I don't care what it is. Get the toy. Get that euro money and get the hoops booking their trip to sunny Cyprus because that'll be a cracker as well. You definitely haven't mentioned sunny Cyprus eight times in the show. Anyway. <laughs> I just want to go so much, and I won't be going. I wouldn't think unless I find five hundred euro out on the road there in Crumlin. You mentioned that you're bringing a, a lot of lads from Dunne Bay to this yeah. game. You've been doing that for a while, haven't you? I have. Uh, yeah, yeah. I started. I've, I've ran buses over um, a couple of seasons ago. Um, look, you just have to put it on a plate for some lads. You know that way. You, you can't just sell them the dream and work or in the pub and then let them take it upon it themselves to go because Irish people just don't do that. It's just not in our culture. We're not. We're not. We're not great football fans. So you need to say, look. I have a lift going over or so-and-so was driving let's fill a car let's fill a bus but once you do that um, it's a great buzz you know let the lads the lads will have their few cans etc go to the game and um, they love it we love, we all love it like you know it's actually it's brought our little crew even closer together and they're all good lads so um, yeah I'd, I'd advise any hoops to do it with their group of mates you know as long as you get the lads together a few cans a bit of crack sure what, what can go wrong you know what I mean <laughs> Um, and the, the match is a bonus the atmosphere it's a bonus you know it's just a social it's just another social outing and I mean we play on Friday nights generally it's a great way to start the weekend you know so why the, not the only bummer from the last couple of months has been all our games have taken place inside Dublin domestically mm. because that Waterford game was called off now if we get through that court game and turn his cross yeah. will be postponed as well I know how much you were looking forward to checking out their press box Bernie <laughs> but, uh, I've been there and alright yeah but um, oh, we, do you know what though we had some great trips this season already uh, uh, domestically like you know some some. there's been Larry buses there's been Bogey buses I've been on the Hoops SC bus up to uh, up to Finn Hart the, the trusty Hoops SC bus 
So um, one of the fifty hardy souls. Yeah, yeah. That's, on a Monday that's night. what it's all about. I love them trips. I love them trips. You know, I always just think people are in work right now, and we're sitting on a on a bus with drinking warm cans with all your mates, uh, driving through places you don't know. You know, it, it's 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 brilliant. Mm. What better way to spend a Monday or a Tuesday or a, you know? I think that'll end up be the only game. I miss all season that that Monday one in Baddy Buffet. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, it's hard to do them all, isn't it? I reckon I'm, I'm even going to go to this Colester game because Barney, it's finally been arranged. The Leinster Senior Cup game against Colester. How long have we been banging on about this on the show? Yeah, it's going to take place on Saturday, August third, two o'clock, at Haddon Park. Man, Hallelujah! It's one for the hard cause. I, to be honest, I, I probably won't make it myself. Now you know, I'm, I'm not mad about the Leinster Senior Cup. I never have been. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of games in our season, but um, <clears throat> I wouldn't dissuade anyone from going. You know, would you go if you had a lift to Colester? Well, yeah, well, a lift and a bit of time off work, etc. See, you know yourself, you have to uh, pull a few strings to go to games. I certainly do. I work shift working at and. Uh, it's just one that you put on the back burner in in preference of maybe a trip to Derry or Finn Harps in the Cup, etc., etc., etc. But there you go. I can't give me a lip to Colester, can you? Do you want to no, go to the house? No, give me a lip to Colester. Ah, there's no mooching in the Colester. Give, give us a lip to Colester. Ah, I can't, Michael. Will you give? So you're thinking of running a Derry bus? Yeah, yeah. I think the laddies will be running to Derry, so... Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, with plenty of time to plan it, and it's just about getting the numbers. You know yourself. We've had a f- we've ran um, we've ran three or four buses this year, and uh, you're getting thirty to forty lads. So that's what it's all about. Get the young lads on board and make the most of it. It's always a mental trip, so I'm looking forward to that now. And as I said, I was on the bogey bus as well this year and the hoops SC bus. It's great to see so many buses running. But as I always said, certainly on a Friday, wouldn't it be great if you had the Larrys running, the bogies running. The Pines Mafia, Gary Twig, um, Hoops SC, run, there's one or two mm. others as well. The more the merrier. The more the merrier. Run, the ultras, of course. Um, everybody run, you know. I know it's some take numbers off others and there's all that that goes on, but wouldn't it be fantastic if you had all them buses running everywhere? And for the big games, you do. You know, you do. But um, I think that's what we should aspire to be doing is for everyone to run a bus, you know. So. Possibly a double deckers at Oriel Park. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Pack the that, that may be in the pipeline. Let's wait and see. But uh. just want to give a shout out to Brendan Dawson. He's a, a lifelong Hoops fan and a former Rowers player. And um, we just want to say we're all behind Brendan as he's undergoing treatment for testicular cancer. And the players recorded a message for him before the game in Bergen, and he was absolutely delighted with it. Yeah. He's over the moon. I was a great hoop. I wouldn't know Brandon well personally, but I know his face forever. Do you know that way? And he's very well taught. So yeah, wish him all the best. At one hundred percent, a great, a great lad by by all accounts. And there's a GoFundMe page for him as well. If you want to donate to that, that's for the Irish Cancer Society and St Clair's Ward. And it's a shave or die charity day on August the fourth on behalf of Brandon. And shout out as well to record breaker Ronan Finn made his twentieth appearance in Europe. He smashed Johnny Fulham's all-time record of 19 appearances. So, Ronald Finn, their all-time European appearance maker. He's been brilliant. I said it earlier, he's been brilliant since he came back, hasn't he? He left the club a boy and he came back a man, didn't he? In fairness to Stephen Kenny, he made a, he's at the made a, making a smashing player out of Ronald Finn. And, um, yeah, he's great service for the football club. So, yeah, well done, Ronald. So, there's a small matter of 
who my guest host uh, next week is. There's actually two of them, Bernie. Yeah, is it not me? Am I not welcome back? Well, I'd like to mix it up a bit, you know yourself. It's the, it's the new yeah. idea, isn't it? It's, <laughs> you, you've been very uncomfortable for the last hour and a half, haven't you, Carl? I thought you would have put the pants on at least 20 minutes in, but they stayed <laughs> off, and I I wasn't mad about it. Okay. So, I'm just going to let let every uh, leave everybody in suspense there as to who my guest co-hosts are going to be. It's a good one, I'll give it that. It it's is a, a very good it's one. It's a double, is it? It's two people. Oh, well. Yep. And we'll be recording that on Sunday, so it'll be out either Monday or Tuesday. Happy days. At the latest. I look forward to it. So, I'll leave you on this note. Hopefully, if there is another kerfuffle between the two sets of supporters in Tata, brand don't run away again. And hopefully we make home advantage count, and they'll be gone in a day or two. So keep on hooping. KOH, lads. Coming for your love, okay, and take on me. Take me on. I'll be gone in a day. Better to be safe than sorry and take on.